All right, fair warning. Today's show might be too much for you. Oh, I know. I no, I'm not. This is not reverse psychology. I if you you like energy, I talk energy, a homeopath, we do energy. But we haven't done a lot of shows over the years on scalar energy. Scalar energy. What the heck is that, you ask? I'm going to find out. Tom Palladino joins us in hour one. I'm excited about the subject matter, and I hope you are too. Uh, and then it's you, me, and Super D for hour two. We got a lot of uh, discussion points. Uh, we do have a homeopathic hit. Uh, we'll get to. And the, the hint is being plugged up. And that could mean many things, not just the obvious things, but uh, there's something about that remedy that that pattern emerges. COVID-19 researchers discovering uh, hidden natural immune defense. I've got some perspectives on that as well. Oh, we've got measles stuff. Uh, what's Herkel Durkel? Super Don sends me this word. I have no idea what this is. We're going to find out about that. It sounds like a, I think he says Gen Z. I'll ask my kids. Uh, let's see. Pre-digested foods. Young adults getting heart attacks more frequently. Boy, we got a lot to do. Let's just get to it, huh? Shall we? Shall we? Yes, let's. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. It's on right now at robertscottbell.com. Slash listen. Say hi from the chat room. We'll see you in just a moment as we kick this healing show into gear right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. Yeah, going where a few shows will go. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. What does that mean? Well, hitting it, topics like energy, energy medicine. It's not that no one's covering it, but when you go beyond what we consider what is normal about energy, right? And I'm not normal is overrated, as you might know here. We we like Abby normal. And uh, in a funny way, of course, uh, but the idea is that energy, all life is energy and that energy can be defined perhaps in many different ways. It can be measured in many different ways, but there are aspects to energy that very few in the Western world have been exposed to in a conscious way, in a conscious way. That's why uh, this hour we'll talk to Tom Palladino about scalar energy. So get ready, put on your, I guess, scalar energy seatbelts and we'll see what happens. So stick around for that. Next couple hours of broadcast healing here at robertscabell.com slash listen for the chat room. If you're in the chat room, please say hello. If you're on the various chat rooms that we haven't been banned on, like on Facebook, for some reason, we're still there. Thank you for being there as well. And thank you for sharing the show. And we look forward to responding to your questions and comments, sometimes even during the show, if we catch them. And Super Don sometimes will observe rumble as well. Uh, let's see. Hey, I'm Abby Normal. Leslie, yes, we love you for being that. That's why you're such a good friend. So uh, here we go. First story up, though, if you go to robertscatbell.com, you can see it in the show notes. And it's a study from Study Finds, and it says young adults are having heart attacks more often. The question is, what's causing it? Now, as I approach the story, I do not deny the reality that young people in history have had heart attacks. It's not like it's never happened, but the frequency of it, the uh, uh, the sheer numbers that are having these uh, cardiac events, I believe are unprecedented, certainly in the time since I've been observing these things. 
We know that heart disease has been considered the number one cause of death in the U.S. and the West for a long, long time and neck and neck now with cancer. But the heart attacks in younger adults age 20 to 50 is clearly going up. And that's what the study is acknowledging. And in 20 and 2021, it was so great that it contributed to declines in life expectancy. So question, what's causing this? And, you know, the, the, the historical precedents for me as a Gen Xer growing up with essential fats and saturated fats, no, 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 no. We were told saturated fats were bad. Butter is bad. Margarine is good. So we were consuming motor oil, basically. And then the transition was on to omega-6 heavy inflammatory fats from the vegetable kingdom because we were told vegetable fats are way healthier than saturated fats. So a lot of this was contributing to poor cardiovascular health in younger people already way back when. So it's not, I believe, a new phenomenon, but the acceleration in these heart attack uh, type events, I think, is newer. It's an additional burden, and I'm going to get into what I think it is, is in addition to some of the responses to this scientific article in study finds. And we have it linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. If we go back to the Korean police action, this was a United Nations declared, uh, uh, you know, kinetic action because they don't want to say war although we write about in history as the korean war as we do regarding vietnam they call it the vietnam war but there was no declaration of war by the united states congress therefore it wasn't officially a constitutional and you know uh, conflagration of any kind it wasn't a defensive kind of thing now this is not to denigrate those who served in those uh, conflicts but we know that even from the korean war forward the young 18 19 year olds coming back in body bags they were analyzed uh, via autopsy, and they found a significant percentage of them, d- depending on what you read, 50, 60, 70% of these young people had advanced stages of atherosclerosis, not an easy word to say, but basically the, the hardening of the arteries, the congestion of the arteries, the uh, clogging of the arteries. So as I say, the 20th century was uh, a dive, a deep dive headlong into living, better living through synthetic chemistry which resulted in absolutely horrific um, uh, health outcomes. Now, I've seen like Bobby Kennedy being interviewed about things as he's running for president temporarily, at least as now we know, an independent candidate. Maybe he'll become a libertarian candidate. I don't know. But he is the one candidate uniquely suited to acknowledge the rise in chronic disease, degenerative disease, as the primary reason that Healthcare, as we call it, that's not really healthcare, is uh, the disaster that it is economically in so many other ways. Why is it unaffordable? Um, you know, if Fox News interviews them or Fox Business, it's about f- big pharma. Uh, and, 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 you know, even they will go, well, can't we just rein in the pharmaceutical prices? And I've seen him say, rightly so, as he deflects, he says, you know, it's the chronic disease epidemic and no one else knows what's going on as a presidential candidate. I'm going to give him that. You know, we might have differences in other areas, but on that, front. He's better than Trump on that issue. Trump still has apparently a fealty to the pharmaceutical doctoring world. And, you know, that's a, that's something that uh, many baby boomers have and, and beyond. They, they were enamored with the rise of pharmaceutical medicine in the 20th century and haven't fully shaken loose of it, particularly the endorsement of a, you know, a, a warp speed resulting in dangerous experiments of injections. And that leads me to the modern, more modern context of what may be happening with these young people and heart attacks. Now, it's true that um, part of 2020, I don't think they had the injections yet, but we do know that the uh, 
the things that happened even emotionally, the stresses that went on in young people, those are enough to trigger heart events, even if they aren't the so-called COVID injection, because it's an easy thing to say, oh, it's 100% the COVID injection. And a lot of folks are in response to the study finds article writing in and going, duh, duh, duh. And so I'm not here to dispute or disagree necessarily, but there is so much that has gone on prior to the COVID injections and COVID itself that it was just a disaster waiting to happen in terms of its acceleration. And that the stress alone of telling young people they have to isolate, they can't go to school, they can't go to work, they can't travel, they can't engage in sporting activities emotionally is enough to trigger that hard event that was just waiting to happen. Because as I said, we've got generations now of young people not waiting until they're old for the hardening of the arteries scenario, the atherosclerotic uh, manifestations due to refined foods, additives, preservatives, colorings, flavorings, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, heavy metals, plasticizers, GMOs of all kinds. And so all of that was ongoing. And then what do you tip it over with? The beginning of COVID, the stress, as we know, whatever they claim COVID was, was not the devastating impact, was not the thing that was killing young people. And it only killed old people that had multiple comorbidities in hospitals that were locked down and they were given vents and horrible things like remdesivir to kill them. So even that, can't you can't be blaming on COVID. Now, when the injections came in, yeah, all bets are off. It seems to accelerate, exacerbate, or expose and, and magnify any pre-existing underlying conditions. And as my argument goes, even young people have advanced stages of cardiovascular disease, undiagnosed mostly because you don't think to look at these young people for that. Now, remember when I was uh, uh, 18, 19, 20, you know, in my college years, even though I was chronically ill, I was still fit in, you know, to observation, right? I was cut, I was muscular, I was a swimmer. And yet there was a point in time in pushing my body beyond its limits that I was diagnosed with pre-atrial tachycardia. I had, you know, rhythmic issues as well as, now I don't know, I never got, uh, I did get a stress test done. That's what also I diagnosed it at the time, but I never got you know, they never scoped me or did anything weird like that. And then a few years later, I found homeopathic medicine, organic food, liver detox support, detoxification, and did, you know, changed my life around, whether it was destined for a cardiac event or whether it was more likely destined for cancer in my 40s because of the lineage in my, you know, m many of my family members in their elder years had cancer and died of not the treat, well, yeah, the treatment for cancer technically, not cancer itself. So I bring this up just to kind of give an overview because it is an easy thing to say. It's just the jab. It's just the injection. And while I do not dispute that at all, I think that's a significant portion of it, especially once that came to be for young people. I think that's indisputable at this point. But, you know, some of the responses will be, well, we have to wait until we have 10 years of double blind placebo controlled tests before you can even say it. And that's nonsense because they're never going to conduct them. As you know, the injections that they provide, they promote, they mandate via emergencies are never going to be analyzed through inert placebo control studies because it would show how devastatingly, yeah, I'm going to say it's stupid they are. That's the nicest thing I could say. Insane, perhaps, yes, as well. And many doctors are realizing that they bought into a lie, into a myth, into deception because they've been, they've been programmed, they've been trained that way. You know, it's like uh, Jessica Rabbit. Don't blame me, I'm just drawn this way. At the same time, docs, you guys are out there. If you're listening to this show, you're probably, you've outgrown the uh, 
the primitive understanding that the immune system only works if you get injections with, uh, you know, antigens with all kinds of garbage or now mRNA injections to artificially induce your genetics to produce aberrant toxic proteins for which they hope that you'll develop antibodies for as if the antibodies are the, as they treat them as the holy grail of immunology, which they are not. But that's their religion. That's their dogma. That's their belief system, which is BS. It's rooted in fear. It's rooted in control, deception, and collectivism. Remember, your shot doesn't work unless everybody else gets one too. <laughs> How often we've we heard that. Got to have everybody shot up or else mine won't work. And then I'll blame you if I get sick. How great is that? That's such an empowering perspective, isn't it? It's just embarrassing. Just embarrassing. What isn't embarrassing, to me anyway, is to talk about energy medicine, quantum healing, quantum energy, quantum signatures, and now scalar light. From scalarlight.com, it's spelled S-C-A-L-A-R, light.com. Tom Palladino joins us to hit one of the more controversial and I would say dangerous subjects as it used to be, but apparently we can talk about it now. Tom Palladino, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks, Robert. Hey, Tom, good to have you on. And uh, I, I teased about this topic being dangerous and and how, uh, you know, to some it will be very far out going into the Star Trek territory, but I'm not afraid to go there as a homeopath. I mean, I'm already dealing in energies that make no sense to materialistic reductionists out there that dominate the Western world. But, man, scalar energy, isn't that a step too far? Yeah, it's different. Let's say it's a new and emerging science, but it's very real. Well, the question is, how do you find it? Where did you come across it? Because if you grew up in the West here in America, it's not something you can find in elementary, grade school, graduate school, medical school, or any school I'm aware of. You're absolutely right. It's all been private study on my part. And I studied Tesla and another great scientist by the name of Galen Hieronymus. And those two luminaries were scalar energy experts. They developed scalar energy instruments. And this is why their work is so, if you will, not only trend-setting, ground-setting, but indeed accurate. When you're working with engineered instruments and you're following the laws of science, it's indisputable. So what I've discovered through those two inventors, and again, Tessa and Hieronymus, is indeed we're following the dogma of, of uh, the laws of science. Well, when you talk about the laws of science, people will say, as I said, there's a distinction here I have to make. I agree with you at the same time. The predominant belief system, which is, again, reductionism, it's very materialistic in its view of reality, even though they acknowledge energy exists. But since they can't put their finger on it and validate it in the way that they say they have to validate it, they'll just kind of dismiss it and maybe even call it a new age fantasy or a science fiction you know, uh, novel, for instance. So uh, those that know that it's real, though, and I'm going to say this, Tom, this is where I say it's dangerous, because if you know how to work with scalar energy, from what I know about it, you completely unleash the energy of creation itself and therefore are completely un unswayed by the predominant power players on the planet that want to keep us enslaved to their vision of reality. Yeah, thank you. And that's what I'm doing. I'm working with the dimension of scalar energy. This is not electricity. This many people believe is quantum or intelligence. And in so doing, not only is this a new and emerging science, but it offers, if you will, a new way of living. Scalar energy will set us free. It will liberate mankind. It's the free energy of the sun and the stars. 
Okay. You, you, you've taken on something that I'm trying to relate this for people to know that this is so significant that there are people that are targeted for, we gotta, we gotta stop you. Tom Paladino, because this stuff is too dangerous to unleash. Now, I don't mean it dangerous in a nuclear conflagration kind of way, explosion way, but as I said, dangerous to the power structure on planet Earth. Am I am I making sense with that statement? I don't know if people know where I'm going with that. Yes, it, it is. And again, let's go back to Tessa. Tessa was working with scatter energy. And Tessa, later in his career, he was really derided. And if you will, many of his uh, inventions were never brought to light because as free energy, this will change the economic order. I'm, I'm, this is not hyperbole on my part. I mean that by every word I'm saying. Free energy, scalar energy from the sun and the stars, you no longer need to drill for oil. You don't need a wind turbine. This is new. It's new, but it's ancient, too. I believe that some of the lost technologies might have tapped into something called scalar energy. I don't know if they called it that. But also, you know, free energy, this concept of free energy is interesting because so many people on this planet are extraordinary, ir extraordinarily irresponsible. And I'm not, I'm not making a judgment that I don't think anybody else has not made already. That if we had access to free energy, wouldn't we just destroy ourselves? Like, and I'm, this is not me advocating for centralized control by these evil lizard people bureaucrats. You know what I'm saying, though? Uh, no, I, I get it. So it has to be great technology must be matched with great morality. I agree with you. And that's why Tessa, God gave Tessa this wisdom, because Tessa wanted to see mankind advance. Tessa was a true humanitarian. Well, I want to model myself after that notion. I want to be a good humanitarian. I am offering this to the world. I want the world to pay attention to my discoveries and the discoveries of my predecessors. And yes, this is ensconced in science. We have engineered instruments that can perform a repeatable task. We're following the laws of science. Well, which laws are we following specifically when you talk about the laws of science? We talk thermodynamics. We talk about various laws that have been acknowledged or maybe by consensus we agree upon. But then again, you go scalar and they go, that's not real. So suddenly those people that say, what laws of science are you talking about? Right. It's not electricity or magnetism. So we're working in a dimension outside of the electromagnetic dimension. All of this is non-physical. This is what Tessa discovered. This is what I've discovered. This is intelligence. Some people call that consciousness. So what drives the universe? Well, first you need instructions. You need intelligence. That's what scalar energy is. It's the non-physical consciousness of the universe. Why is that important? Well, if you can control consciousness, essentially you can control nature. Well, the thing is, I believe that there are nefarious plots afoot and have been for a long time on this planet to dampen consciousness, to weaken it, to make sure that it doesn't make a leap into something like this knowledge of scalar energy, because it said it upsets the power structure. You know, we talk about Tesla and, 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 uh, you know, the early years with, uh, who, who was the, who was the guy that was given credit for the D the, the DC motor. He went AC Edison, Edison right? Edison. Yeah. Right. Yes. Remember, the battle was like, we can't let this free stuff get out there. We got to control right. it. We got to profit from it. We got to be able to build for it. So that level of enslavement of the population through uh, energy has been everything. And in fact, the history of 
slavery on the planet has been about energy. When you you needed to harness energy, you just enslaved humans and you used their energy to build stuff for you. And now, of course, we talk about paying people, but there's economic slavery involved in that in terms of paying with Federal Reserve notes that get weaker and weaker in their purchasing power each year. So the people are working at more and more what we call slave level wages. Yes, you're absolutely right. And much of those, much of that could be obviated through this new paradigm. If we had free energy, free energy would lead to a, a different world. It would change our social order. That's what I propose. Why do I want free energy or scalar energy for mankind? It will make obsolete many of the existing technologies, which are expensive and dangerous. Why not liberate mankind with this new technology? Well, I, I don't disagree with you, except that I think a lot of people like being slaves. A lot of people would rebel against this, not only the slave owners, but the slaves themselves. Yeah, that's their comfort zone. That's how blind some people are. You're absolutely right. It's, it's tragic. Yeah. So how do you uh, bring something like this about so, dare I say, revolutionary in a nonviolent way, other than the perceived violence against those that hold the slaves and the slaves that want to be slaves? Uh, how do you propose to bring this out? Because this has been battled overtly and covertly against since the time of Tesla, at least in a modern context or semi-modern context, and probably much longer in terms of, again, controlling the people of planet Earth and, and enslaving them to various belief systems. Well, I followed the footsteps of my predecessor. Again, Galen Hieronymus was a scalar energy inventor. And I've worked with Hieronymus instruments and I've modified the instruments. This is Hold what on, I'm going to go full screen on that so everybody can see what you're holding up here. Go ahead. Show that. What is that? This is one of the Hieronymus instruments that I work with. I've modified this. This is a scalar energy instrument that will capture that, if you will, spectrum of energy. It's not electricity. And in so doing, when I have this energy, it's a free infrastructure. In other words, when I have this instrument and I'm working within my laboratory, I don't need satellites. I don't need telephone wires. I don't need substations. The energy that comes from this laboratory, from this instrument per se, will automatically interface with the scalar energy realm. So it's a quick and immediate interface with consciousness, or it's a quick and immediate interface with the matrix or quantum energy. Mm. So what have we done? We're taking the energy of the sun and the stars. We have an immediate interface with ether or with the quantum realm. We don't need an expensive infrastructure. We've already solved our energy problem. At least at the local level, I've solved it. Okay. All right. I'm with you here. I, I'm just, I'm slow walking this too, and I'm maybe repetitive on some of these discussion points because this is far afield. And, and I'm not trying to denigrate anybody in my audience because some of you may know more about this than I do. And I acknowledge that. Um, but it's a fat, to say it's a fascinating subject is an understatement times a, a mazillion. <laughs> but also, to know what I know about the power structure on planet Earth, and I don't claim to be the expert on it, but I recognize that any threat to their control, existing control of how power is, is utilized and, and available to people is something that they consider as threatening as anything, including our discussions of medicine that doesn't require a patent and approval by FDA to the pharmaceutical industry, but maybe even a larger issue because you talk about freeing up humanity as a spiritual species to connect with the energy of creation itself. Exactly. And, and, and so 
you're tapping into some things that uh, there are a lot of folks don't want you to tap into. Now, for a long time, they've been easily dismissing. Oh, that's just crazy talking. So you're left, you know, relegated to well, only a few people listen to. Him. We don't have to worry about Tom. He's one of those crazy kooky guys. I've been called that too. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so you're as long as you're looked at as not a force for bringing this out. Then the moment they think, okay, it's serious now. People are getting wind of this. Uh, have you had any indication of that as you've tried to communicate, attempted to communicate through various means? I don't know for how long you've been at this, but please let me know. No, I, I don't have any interference, and I'll tell you why. First and foremost, God protects me. But secondly, I don't think that the establishment quite understands what I'm doing. And, and frankly, I, unless you study this science and you realize that there's another energy spectrum besides that of electricity, unless you are keen to that fact, then you're, you're this is going to go right over your head. You don't realize what I'm doing. Hmm. So then the question is, what are you doing to help people tap into this? Are you teaching them to do what you've done? I, I see on your website you're allowing people, and we'll talk about this, how, uh, hold on, I'm getting a call, let her know I'm on the air. So when you're, you're, you're providing a way, and we'll talk about this a couple of weeks, people can test this out for free and try it out. But, um, what is the bigger picture here besides the ability to get people to subscribe, to try this out? Yeah. What is that bigger picture so that this can really be freed and unleashed? It's not about coming through just you, is it? Well, right now I'm the only one with this technology. So right now I'm the center point, but I'm going to make this clear to the audience. When I'm working with this instrument, it's quantum health. I don't work in a biological sense. I work in the higher realm, which is consciousness or what some people call quantum. And how do I do that? I work with a person's photograph. I actually take photographs of the people and I place them inside my instrument. If I hold up my photograph, my photograph has a signature. It has energy attached to it. My quantum instrument will pick up the signature of my photograph and find that signal, find that force field, and then send the necessary information to eradicate what is harmful, what is dangerous, what is considered to be pathogenic. And I'll explain how this works. If I were to take my photograph in a quantum field and match up a photograph of the herpes virus, now follow my thinking, these two photographs have force fields, energy fields, they communicate. I never work with people, I work with energy fields. The energy field of herpes would be identified in my energy field. If I have the herpes virus in my quantum field, the instrument would not only find the herpes virus by its signal, by its signature, but bring the herpes virus to a state of chaos. So we're working at the energetic level, not the biological level. We're working through a quantum field ascertained by a person's photograph, whereby we can identify a microbe by a photograph of the microbe and bring that microbe to a state of chaos, all in the quantum realm. We Well, we've utilized things like that uh, from a homeopathic signature communication in the body, as well as uh, we talk about Rife, Royal Raymond Rife. And his ability, I don't know if you would say what he's doing was, was it scalar or was it electromagnetic? How would you describe and distinguish? Royal Rife was a genius. I believe he was using electromagnetic energy with people, but he was able to detect, if you will, a pathogen and eradicate it. I use scalar energy with photographs and I can likewise eradicate the pathogen from the photographic force field. That's the difference between our work. 
Well, again, I appreciate you making the distinction because I have these questions and I've had some cursory knowledge and some working knowledge of scalar energy for a long time, but it's something I've not targeted in, in terms of overt communication on a regular basis because it is so threatening to the power structure on planet Earth. And I'm not here to overturn that other than to allow people to recognize that what I call the power to heal, that is a connection between them and creator and creation itself, which goes, I think, more closely in line with what you're talking about in terms of scalar energy interface. How come you are apparently, as, we, as you said, the only one that has this technology? I mean, wouldn't others claim to be working with scalar energy on this planet out of uh, seven plus billion people? Yeah, to be clear, my instrument is unique. I've followed the work of Galen Hieronymus. I'm the only one who's following up the work of Galen Hieronymus. I actually studied with this, uh, this family of American inventors. So that's my claim. Now, there are other people who are working on scalar energy instruments, but it's different. The instrumentation is different. So specific to my approach with instrumentation, it's unique. Okay. Uh, we have a question from our buddy Chris in the audience. He says, please ask Tom if his technology can be demonstrated by biophotons or Curlian photography. Um, Scalar energy has been able, you can photograph it under certain conditions. But keep in mind, when I'm working with scalar energy, it's intelligence, it's non-physical. Now, a lot of people think photons have some type of mass. Well, if, if that's the case, then this is not photonic because it's not of the electromagnetic spectrum. So I, I can't answer that question. This is not electromagnetic in character. Mm. Like I said, you're pushing the envelope of uh, yeah. people out there. I hear like heads are exploding. Hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, oh, what's going on here? I'll, um, I'll give the audience a for instance. In 1899, okay. Tesla built a tower in Colorado Springs. It was the first scalar energy instrument that I know of. And if you look closely at that tower in Colorado Springs, there's no wires. There was no power plant nearby. It was in a remote location in the Rocky Mountains because he wanted to access scalar energy. And if you will, um, what, once in operation, there were no moving parts on this tower. So the kinetic energy is not from any moving part. The kinetic energy is from the stars. So if you put all that together, that 1899 um, experiment was the first demonstration of wireless scalar energy. Okay. Now, the, uh, this is intriguing as can be. Mm -hmm. When we talk about the free energy, and I've read about Tesla, the whole idea of putting a stick in the ground and suddenly you have, you know, the generation of free energy. Again, most people, their conception of energy is electromagnetic. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't necessarily make sense how that would happen. Other than if you stick a, a rod in the ground, it could be a lightning rod and you can see that, you can measure that. All of that is, is you know, whether it's heat or light or a combination. Right. The scalar energy you're discussing, again, it's, it's, it's distinct. It's different. It's like a step of consciousness beyond where most of humanity is right now. And I wish it wasn't that way, but here we are. And I, I believe a lot of people are sensing that when we talk about we're up against something, it's like, I feel like we're just almost to the breakthrough point, right? We got close when Tesla was around and then it got shut down and destroyed. And we went back into a primitive caveman status of warfare around planet earth that continues even to this day. We're at like 2024. I'm like looking around going, what the hell is going on? We haven't figured this war thing out. We still got to do that. But I believe that feeds into, again, the power players, the power brokers on planet Earth that don't want us to live peacefully. They want us to fight for energy, right? Because all wars are economic wars. The economic wars, again, looking for energy. If it's not slavery, then electricity became or oil became our slaves. Liam Sheff, who wrote official stories, talked about that. Oil 
is operating as if, you know, the average American household would have to have like 200 slaves to do what electricity does for them at a cost. But again, the idea then when they converted that human energy enslavement to, well, we've got oil and we can charge for it. Then we're like, okay, we don't need slavery anymore so much. It's kind of fascinating when you start looking at it in terms of energy, how this plays out. It's not about black, white, red, or yellow. It's about energy and who controls it. So this removes the control for it, does it not? Yes, exactly. Thank you. So we're going to see that scalar energy will make obsolete so many industries. I'll, I'll be very clear here. Scalar energy will, if you will... I don't, I don't care what industry you look at. Let's look at energy. If you have free energy from the sun and the stars, you don't need oil or you need very little oil. Wind turbines are obsolete. Nuclear is obsolete. Why? The energy is free. The new power plant of the future are the stars. Now, keep in mind, as I mentioned, you don't need an infrastructure. Tesla did not need an infrastructure in 1899 in Colorado Springs. He simply accessed the medium, which is ether. So you have free energy and you have a free infrastructure. Now, what does that do for our, our energy model today? Well, it makes the energy industry obsolete. Well, this once to say, I think, I think, folks, you might be understanding why I'm talking about it in this way. And with these concerns, not that I'm trying to add to any concern, and I'm not inducing fear in Tom. I know Tom's very aware of this, and I loved your response. And it's been mine forever that I can remember anyway when I figure this out. Go with God. Let God guide you. And that protection is there. And, you know, even if uh, ultimately that protection seems to not be there, what's the worst that happens? We go back and rejoin our Creator. Uh, and that begins, you know, to dissipate the fear of death, which is really a fear of life or living. So something must have called you to this. I, I don't know what it is in your life. If you look back and say, when did you identify this as your calling as a purpose and mission in life? As a youngster, I read Tesla and I understood what he was doing. And I understood later in his life, he was working what he called radiant energy, which was non-physical energy. And even Tesla said he wanted to to capture the energy of the stars, of the sun. Well, what does that mean? The kinetic energy are the stars. This is where we wanted to go. This is what Tesla wanted to introduce to the world. But the cabal, the international bankers stood in his way. Yeah, no doubt. All right, follow up from Chris on that uh, energy, photonic signature, uh, curly in photography, results in patients' biophotons or curly in photography, just as inviting God's limitless, loving prana, chi, orgone results in the aura brightening and expanding. So I realized uh, to a great degree what you're providing is a way to have an experience that's very subjective. That's yes. not easily objectified in terms of uh, peer-reviewed science across the board because it's quite unique in, in the way it, it communicates directly in a, again, non-EMF or non-electromagnetic way. But has there been any uh, beyond subjective reporting? And I'm not a distant yeah. subjective reporting. Other uh, ways to validate some of this stuff. Yeah, I'm going to speak about really quickly what we've done in India. We've been working okay. with a clinic. Okay, I'm going to go to your full screen here again. Go ahead. This is the Om Prakash HIV clinic in Delhi, India. I've worked with over 5,000 people at this clinic. Most of them were HIV positive. Now, how do I do that? Once again, it's all done by way of photographs and instrumentation. If I were to take a photograph of the HIV virus and place it in the instrument with the photograph of the people, think energetically now, think of intelligence. The intelligence of HIV would be identified in the quantum field of these people. And in so doing, if the instrument would find 
HIV signature in these people, it would eradicate or remove or bring to a state of chaos the HIV virus. So what am I saying? A scalar energy instrument can find, identify the HIV virus and bring it to a state of chaos in the photographic force field. We're always working with force fields. And the results, subjective, but the results are, here's one PCR test from the clinic. Yeah, it's, it's in reverse. We need to mirror your camera. I don't know if you know how to do that. Okay, um, okay. I'm going to just read it. The test result is HIV virus undetectable, not detected. After working with us through this process, through the photographic force field, this individual submitted their PCR test, their, their final test to us. Well, that's subjective, but nonetheless, everybody from this clinic is telling us after they submitted a photograph to us, they no longer have a viral load and they feel better. Yeah. Well, look that again, subjective is not bad. Ultimately all healing is anecdotal. No matter how many tests you run on it, you either get well or you don't, mm -hmm. uh, whether you have objective tested to validate it or not. But I, you know, again, I appreciate Chris's question there. So if I go to, let me see if I can pull your website up here. We have it scalarlight.com. Super Don, if you can show that, uh, it says, welcome to the era of quantum healing, scalar light, enhancing your spiritual and energetic state of being. Uh, there's a 15 day free trial uh, where do they submit a photograph electronically? They have to physically send it by uh, U.S. mail, or how does that work? Oh, always by email. We make things very easy. Click that 15-day free trial. You're going to upload your photograph. You can send family photographs if you want. Always by email, and we do the rest. You don't have to do a thing. We will work with you energetically through your photograph. All right, so it says <clears throat> enter your name, email address, click submit, upload a facial photo, a uh, person, even a pet. And uh, you have the option to upload seven photos to include yourself, children, and pets. Once all photos have been uploaded, click the I'm done uploading button so you can process the photos. Once your trial is accepted, you can't add any more photos. All right, I'm just looking at this. I'm trying to say this is as simple as can be here. Yep. Don't click the back button. No credit card or debit card required. It sounds pretty straightforward. Uh, and you got a two-week option. So what do people expect, if anything, in two weeks that could give them insight to go, oh, I want to continue or not? Most people say that their sinus is clear, that they feel better. Many people believe that this enhances their dream state, that the energy is so strong that it has a, some type of psychic effect in which they, they can, uh, if you will, sleep better. Their dream state is enhanced. Some people say this lifts, this it removes their depression. I've had some people say that they've given up cigarette smoke or alcohol addiction through this program. So keep in mind, this is intelligence. We're not working with chemicals. And working with this intelligence, working through our aura or our force field, the, the effect is immediate. Scalar energy is an instantaneous download of intelligence. Yeah, I believe it's beyond what we call the time-space scenario, yes. right? Yes, it um, is. That's why it's considered science fiction by so many. Now, I recognize the unlimited ability to interact with all beings simultaneously based on the scalar discussion. But the limitation is you, Tom. How do you process all these photographs and get yeah. them plugged into this thing? Okay, so we've automated everything. So at the end of the day, the photographs are miniaturized or put on a collage. Now, for instance, today, earlier in my laboratory, I was working with half a million photographs. So we've gone to the point of, of getting ready to, to work with millions upon millions of people around the world through the photograph, and everything is on a photo uploader. Okay, dude, seems like you got a, a method that's working. Yes, uh, 
What else? I, look, I'm trying to throw out a lot of questions that are pretty intense, but hopefully ground some of this, if it's possible, to ground scalar energy uh, oh. like Tesla sort of did uh, into some semblance of accessibility for folks that are like, whoa, I've never heard any of this before versus those are like, it's about time you got to talk about this, Robert. You know, And I know this, I've got everybody in between too. This is the key to my research. I work with an instrument that observes the laws of science. And then I work with photographs of microbes in which there's no human interpretation. The instrument will identify the signature of a virus or a bacterium and negate the intelligence or negate the signature of that pathogen. So there's no human reasoning with my process. It's all by way of scientific instruments, engineered instruments, working through force fields to negate, if you will, pathogens. All right. So how does it know or does it know the difference between a healthy cell and what we call a pathogenic cell? Yeah, and that's a good point. So over my career, I have a team. We've amassed over 400,000 photographs of different species of viruses, bacteria and fungi. So in one hour, the instrument can look for the signature of over 400,000 species of pathogens and eradicate them through intelligence. Well, are we talking the intelligence of the universe itself or somebody's programmed intelligence? Yeah, it, well, we always work with scalar energy, which is, a, I believe, a divine intelligence. Okay. All right. Super Don, I'm going to scare you by bringing you into this discussion. I know you don't want to. He's going to come in kicking and screaming. But, hey, this is what this show is about because I've got perspectives. I've got insights. I've got um, some history here. And Super Don coming into this, watching this, I'm like, is your head going, tell me what's honestly going on right now, Super D, if you're paying attention at all. Well, you know, I could lie and just say, oh, I wasn't listening. I didn't hear what you said. <clears throat> well, listen, this is not the first time we've had conversations like this on the show. Mm -hmm. um, is it is it over my head? Yeah, it, it, it is. You know, this it's, um, man, I mean, really, you want to drag me into this? Yes. Okay. So, uh, okay. You're the dude, man. If, okay, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this question: If you happen to be one of those people floating around on on the planet that happens to be an atheist, this isn't going to make sense to you, correct? Go ahead. Go on. Right. So, Go I on. mean, this this would need to be something that, in order for you to be able to uh, to uh, believe that it works, you would have to believe in. You would have to have some kind of a spirituality belief. This was this would, and then I'm sure this is probably where you get most of the skepticism about what it is that you're doing. Does that sound right? Uh, to, to a certain extent, yes. Even people who who don't believe in God, at least they'll believe in the laws of science because they've observed that those laws of science are, if you will, cannot. They're indiscrutable. Okay, they're they're you cannot break those laws of science. So people who are unbelievers still see credence in my work because I'm working with the laws of science. So let's say you ran into one of these, one of these, these eggheads, right? And they would say, all right, so what science are you talking about? Where, where, show me where the science is that would, that would, uh, verify, yeah. uh, scalar energy so yeah. that I could then look at that and go, okay, I get it now. Yeah. It's that groundbreaking that you only have Tesla, Hieronymus and a few other researchers, Moray and a few other researchers who've developed scalar energy instruments. The key to my work is I've developed instruments that control the energy. That's the key. This is not theory. In practice, I can control the energy with the scalar energy instrument. And very few scientists have been able to control it with instrumentation. 
And Superdome, when we talk about the laws of science, it's an interesting question you ask as well. You know, which which laws are we talking about? I mentioned thermodynamics, you know. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. For instance, I don't know that that is in any way in conflict with our discussion of scalar energy. Maybe it explains it on a deeper level. But, you know, that's what I think of when I think of certain laws of science that are kind of accepted, consensus, whatever, or validated. I agree. You cannot destroy, you cannot destroy scalar energy. Once it exists, it exists forever and you can change it. it it's, it's mutable and you can have it perform a work function, but you're right. So this is the infinite supply of energy as opposed to say again, oil or, or a wind turbine, which is limited. All right. So super D if you and me, we send in pictures, right? Mm -hmm. and I could do that. You could do that. It's not hard to do. To, to again to try it out and see if there's anything that happens for those that want to try it for a couple of weeks no no uh, downside to doing so other than the time it takes to send the stuff right. and tom says he can handle it we got a lot of people in the audience you might get a lot of pictures being sent to you please please i my goal is to work with millions of people every day I, i'm working now with half a million photographs a day i i want to up that i want to prove to the world that this works i'm all about performance Okay, so I'll leave it to you, my audience. Love and appreciate you and respect you all. And I know not everybody's kind of even following this stuff. That's why I did want to bring Super D into it, not because he can't follow it or won't, or but it is a level of interaction with an inf a, a bit of information when we talk Tesla and otherwise. Some people can access it easily. Some people go, oh, I have no earthly idea. That's why I wanted to kind of give a, a, an overview like this and have the interaction like we have, Tom, and you've been rolling with it. I appreciate that. Uh, so, if you go to scalarlight, S-C-A-L-A-R, light.com, um, you just sign up. I guess it's yeah, it's free. It's like right there. It says 15-day free trial. Give it a go. Send your pictures in. Send pictures of your pets, your kids, your family. And uh, in a couple of weeks, see if there's anything that happens. Because it's not like they're, you're, they're sending in a message to say, I have this, I have this, or I don't have this, I need this. It's not that. It's just, here, submit this, and this thing kind of reads it and does whatever. That's right. I, we don't diagnose. This is not medicine. This is a new branch of science in which the intelligence is inbuilt. Scalar mm -hmm. energy has that infinite intelligence inbuilt into the wave. Okay. Now, one more question. It's, it's getting bigger. I can't even fit it all onto the page here. It's from Chris. Yes. But it's big, you know, to consider all these things. Can the target be not a person, but a larger subject, like a city or the sky to clear chemtrails. Speaking from experience with spiritual technique of as constantly as possible, focusing on the opening heart and third eye when clearing out self-centered thoughts, we can make room for and be a conduit for God's limitless loving prana, chi, or gone to be directed within or outside the body to help others as well as physically larger subjects and situations that big questions from Chris. He's just throwing them down to, to, to give a, for instance, we've worked with livestock. Sometimes farmers have sent us photographs of their crops or ranchers have sent us photographs of their livestock. We could treat a hundred head of cattle or we could treat goats with this. People have sent us photographs of their backyard of trees that had a fungal infection. And after we work with those trees, the trees recovered. They no longer had a fungal infection. So to answer the question, the instrument could easily work with 10, 20 million photographs a day, whether that's 10 or 20 million people, animals, plants, or objects. The instrument can work with 10 to 20 million photographs a day. Okay.
Well, listen, I appreciate you answering all the questions thrown out your way. Thank you as well, Chris, always for uh, bringing it in those questions in the realm. And thanks, Super Don, for throwing in yours as well. Uh, let's see. Do you do, 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 do Russian research? Petra Garl? I can't even remember all of these names that I'm being thrown at. There's Steve's mentioning names. I haven't. I don't think I've read about Petra P. Garyana. The Russians develop um, a knowledge of scalar energy. They call it torsion energy. In many ways, the Russians are, are quite advanced in this field. So, yeah, again, you're not the only one using it. You just are the only one that has the particular machine you're talking about, technology. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So anything you want to leave the audience with before I got to go? I've got a homeopathic hit that I'd like to think is scalar too. I don't know, but uh, it's certainly working within the energetic realm. I believe homeopathy is is working under the laws of scalar energy because it's intelligence in built to reagent. So mm. there is a science behind homeopathy and it's scalar intelligence. Try the 15-day trial. That's all I can ask of people. You prove it to yourself. Beautiful. I like that. All right. Y'all want to check it out? Scalarlight.com, 15-day free trial. Give it a go. And get back to me on what you find, and we'll we'll do the same. We'll try it as well. And I appreciate, Tom, you joining me on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Keep rocking the health world there, Tom. Appreciate you. Uh, and, you know, I, th I threw out some pretty intense discussion points as well. I, I had a feeling he could handle it, and he did. And so... Uh, Let's, uh, I don't know, Super D, are there any other announcements, questions, comments before? I, we've got a little time before we do the homeopathic hit, but I want to get to that this hour, and then you and me will discuss all kinds of things, along with a very active chat room today. And I, I thank everybody for being there and engaging on such uh, intense, wild topics for some. And maybe I don't know if anything's going on in Rumble or if they're just going, yeah, yeah, in Rumble, I don't know. <laughs> who, who knew that uh, uh, Stephen and Chris had so much uh, uh, to, to say here about about the topic, right? Mm -hmm. like I, boom, I'm boom, not boom. surprised, not surprised by what they yes. brought to the uh, chat room before, but uh, I like the engagement. I do. Right. Uh, that's all I've got. That's all you got. Okay. That's it. All right. Remember, we've got coming up February 17th and 18th of this month, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. The virtual expo is available to you online. Three months access to the entire everything that happened in October and more that's going to be done this that weekend, the 17th and 18th of February, including a new health freedom uh, discussion that I'm going to be moderating with uh, Jonathan E. Moore, Diane Miller, and more. Very excited to do that. And then there'll be more upcoming events I'll tell you about after the top of the hour break. But for now, let's transition into the homeopathic hit of the day. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, today, the homeopathic hit. I'm encouraged to see what, oh, look at that image of anacardium, homeopathic anacardium. Shout out to Trinity School of Natural Health, Foley PX as well for supporting us here to do these homeopathic hits. Each and every day we go live and it's new and it's to provide to you an overview of a, re a new remedy each day we go live. Not to give you the comprehensive knowledge of each remedy, but just a starting point to, to pique your interest, to go, hey, that remedy sounds interesting to me. Maybe it's something I need. If not, maybe it's something you have in your hip pocket for later when something arises. You go, I remember when Robert Scabell did a homeopathic hit on anacardium. So let's open up the PDF. This is a free download available in the show notes today on the 6th of February, 2024. And later, Superdon puts it up in one particular place on the website. And for those of you who want to become patron supporters, you will have access to the video audio version of this in addition to the PDF that you see up on screen right now for anacardium, often can indicated for memory issues and mental conflict and more. 
So as we go through this, uh, looking at cognitive issues, mental conflict, feelings of being plugged up, plugged up. And that can mean a lot of different things. And pretty much all of them are relevant when it comes to the selection of anacardium as a remedy. The origin of anacardium derived from the marking nut. It's called a fruit of the anacardium oriental tree. In homeopathy, there's the image that Superdon so expertly derived through what means I don't know, but it's very cute, anacardium. Now, we're not telling you to ingest this plant from its mother state, but in a homeopathic form, it is a quite extraordinary and safe thing to utilize for mental and emotional disturbances, including some memory problems and feelings of inner conflict. So as we scroll down into some of the key characteristics, anacardium, known for its effectiveness in addressing digestive issues that are often linked to emotional stress, such as gastritis and ulcers, or a feeling of you know, I, an emptiness, something along those lines. It's also indicated in cases of skin eruptions and headaches that have a stress-related component and of feelings of uh, being plugged up, primary indicator of anacardium. And it can mean plugged up like you think, but a lot of different ways where you just feel like oh, your ears are plugged up, your nose is plugged up, your, you know what, is plugged up. All of that seems to manifest in an anacardium patient. Memory issues, particularly effective for improving memory and cognitive functions, especially when there's a sense of mental dullness and forgetfulness. Anybody in this audience feel that? Anacardium, maybe. Mental conflict, deep inner conflict, indecisiveness, sensation of being pulled in two different directions mentally, emotional stress, manifest physically, particularly in digestive issues and even skin conditions. So as we scroll down in the PDF, we go further into the remedies themselves and the potencies. As you know, my bias is to use low potencies first and work our way up if we need them. So if you have a 10X, a 12X, a 30X, 30C, whatever, use them first, repeat as needed as the symptoms are improving less frequently and until not needed. However, it's a very deep-seated issue, maybe. It is indicated to go to the very high potencies, 200C and beyond. But in those cases, again, please consider consulting a homeopath as we're, I'm running into more homeopaths now and I'm excited about that and we'll be featuring more of them and I may be featured on their shows too. So there's good news out there as we enter the realm of quantum healing as a normal part of life, as opposed to the weird aberrant stuff that it's been considered for a long time. So consider some other remedies that might complement anacardium, like Ignatia. Ignatia, we've talked about for emotional disturbances like grief and anxiety. Nux vomica is interesting because there is some stomach issues associated with this, as well as liver, stress. It's going to be helpful in stress. Rust tox, there is a skin component to anacardium, that could be complemented by the use of rust tox as well as rheumatic issues. And I'll throw in their chelidonium, the liver-focused remedy to get things moving again. That's a wonderful consideration. So again, one leads to another. I know it can become confusing, but you can always pray on it if you don't want to research it and kind of go with the energy you feel, that gut intuition and instinct. Cautions, anacardium, of course, safe as a homeopathic form, but if you're utilizing it for serious mental and emotional conditions, you might want to consider getting some assistance. And if symptoms uh, persist or worsen, again, there's an appropriate place for a healthcare provider to intervene and help you. So as we conclude this homeopathic hit of the day today on the Robert Scott Bell Show, anacardium, a valuable homeopathic remedy effective for treating memory issues, mental conflict, physical manifestations of emotional stress, or feeling like you're plugged up, keep tuning into the Robert Scott Bell Show. Yes, unplug 
then tune in to the Robert Scott Bell Show as we dive deeper into these homeopathic hits on an ongoing basis. If you have questions or comments, submit them anytime. And remember, this is not to replace a doctor if you have or want one, but to simply give you education information that you might not have had before so that you can make better or fully informed decisions about the care of your health, the hair, the care of your loved ones, maybe the hair of your loved ones as well as you progress on this path of life that is filled with daunting challenges from time to time, some more daunting than others, some more intense and frequent than others. But when we talk about energy medicine, homeopathy is right there with it. As we talk scalar energy today, that's kind of cool. I think it's very cool. Anyway, Super Don, thanks for uh, hanging out with me through that one. That was a challenge, wasn't it? Uh, the topic of the opening segment or the of the first hour? I think so, a little bit. I, I, maybe I'm yeah. oversensitive about these things and overthinking no, them. No, I mean, look, it's just... <sighs> I held back. I didn't want to be, you know, I mean, it's just like, I didn't want to turn into a, a debunking machine like I used to be. No, I, I you know, the you thing did, is, is, well. is, is, is there's so many things that we have talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the stuff that we do focus on, I, I would say the core focus of what we talk about, it is tangible, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's like this, this product or this, this, this substance or this herb or this, you know, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and it, there, there's a biological component to it right mm -hmm. um some of the other things we've talked about there isn't yeah uh, we don't talk about it as much but there are people that have used these things yeah products or modalities right and, and it's worked for them and so sure. it's like at that point this is where i've i've come to in my my progression uh in life <laughs> uh is is I no longer have a need to be right, okay, or to prove. <laughs> mm -hmm. If it works for somebody, it worked. I don't care how – it might be interesting to to talk about it, but it's so easy to get caught up in the how and the stuff and like that. And some people would look at that and they go, oh, you're a nut – you're a nutball. You're, <laughs> you, are, you are brainwashed. You are – you know, it's like how can you just, you know, just – well, you don't have to know. Yeah, well, you don't really. I mean, not not really. I don't think you know, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to something like that. Because you know, listen, if you don't believe it, it's probably not going to yeah. work for you. That's kind of how you know. It's kind of how it works, right? A lot of this is we talk about subjective reality. You know, it's about a belief system. We talk about that with Doctor Batar for years, uh, Bruce Lipton, and others. And your belief system starts you rolling through life in a certain direction or directions. And Superdon, I would have to say. My interpretation of what you just said is you come to a peaceful, more happy place where you don't have to be right all the time or you don't even care, right? And in that, in that sense, doesn't it reduce a big kind of tension and burden and nervousness or stress on, in life to do that? It does, yeah, yeah. In fact, there was an interview that George Carlin did that I just, you know, it's a funny thing. Yeah, George Carlin was a comedian, but, you know, I, literally, if I started my own church, he would be like the centerpiece of it. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. like he, he, he you know, he, he was such a wise person and people didn't realize mm -hmm. just how wise he was. Um, but he did an interview and he was just like, you know, I, 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 I you know, I can't, I'm just paraphrasing, but he was just basically just saying, you know, I uh, have come to a place where I just don't give a blank. Yeah. I just, I just don't give a blank. And he said, that's just a, a, a great place to be. Because you don't give a blank, then none of that stuff matters. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just doesn't like you add know, to your burden. It doesn't matter, you know. And yeah. then you, you you kind of focus on on the things that uh, that do matter. 
Be wise, be strong, ask, does Scalar work with intention? I think all the universe works with intention, so I would imagine so, but we don't. We may have to get Tom back on another time and answer a question like that, but maybe some of you guys and gals have already know. Uh, but I think intention does have a powerful impact. <laughs> Always, uh, I mean, look, look at the opportunist here. Which, what now, how is Leslie referring to flat earth here? What is that? No, 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 listen, you can't, there, there, there's, uh, we got to draw a line somewhere, right? <laughs> uh, just because you believe the earth is flat does not make it flat. <laughs> you know, that just, you know, I mean. Or, they, or I don't yeah. know, spherical, conical, donut shape, whatever. As we said, we have good humor about all of this. Do we not, Super D? <laughs> Or what was she saying? Well, hey, kind of like, like, I don't care. So whatever, right. why does it matter? Yeah. Honestly, I don't care. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, you know, it's like, it's, it's, is it something that you can do mental gymnastics with another person, you know, to talk about and, you know, how this doesn't make sense and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, it's like you've said before, mm. when I get up tomorrow morning and I make mm -hmm. my coffee. Uh, which sounds really good. I think I might on the break see if I can grab a cup real quick. You got a good organic cup coming. I do. Uh, breakfast blend too. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, at the end of the day, if the earth is flat or round or a sphere or a donut or a Rubik's cube or whatever mm -hmm. like that. Donuts. Does it matter? To some people it does. Some people it does, right? And it, it's, we're okay with that too. It doesn't, no, you know, whatever. I, you know, I take, choose. I choose to. I choose the blue pill. Yeah, we're gonna take. Sometimes things, I do. <laughs> uh, with more humor than not, more often than not, and I think uh, it's lacking with all the seriousness. And there's plenty of seriousness to go around. Doesn't mean we don't. We're not intending to ignore seriousness too. There's a lot of serious stuff I ta tackle, but always coming back with that lighthearted, uplifting. Find a way. Where's that pony in here with all the dog poop? No, that's not dog poop. It's horse poop. It's manure. Could be dogs too. Who knows? Anyway, on that note, hope you're not plugged up. You got anacardium. You learned about it today. And we got a lot more going on. It's you, me, and Super D an hour too. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's some interesting things to cover, including something called Herkel Durkle. I don't know what that is. We'll that's get to right. it. Power to heal is yours though. All right, back at it here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And uh, Trinity School is amazing, body, mind, spirit. Uh, many of the Trinity graduates are very open, as you might imagine, to energy as a form of, of, of you know, say, correction of what's gone awry in the body, recognizing that we're not just a lump of chemistry. And that's what's missing in so much of modern medical pharmaceutical indoctrination. Uh, and there are many doctors that are now taking coursework at Trinity to learn the things they didn't, couldn't, wouldn't be allowed to learn in medical school because many of their patients are running from them and going, I don't want more drugs. I want something that really uh, resolves what I'm dealing with. And that's where we get into the various energetic realms. Uh, tomorrow on the Robert Scabell Show, Ann Archer Butcher is back on. We're going to talk more about the monocore. It just struck such a chord in so many of you. Uh, including my wife and me. It's like, uh, yeah, we need to follow up on that. And many of you are still asking questions about it. So, uh, and thank you for those that have reached out and talked with Ann. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, was it Borla? I apologize. The names are just escaping me right now. Uh, the doctor that's really 
behind this or promoting it heavily is in Dubai for the Arab Health Conference there that I've attended many years ago, I think like 12 years ago or so, or 10 or 11. And uh, when she gets back, we'll probably get her on the show as well. So I guess this is pushing the envelope of healing, but many of you are ready for it or more than ready. You're like waiting. I was like, when are you going to get to this, Robert? So I'm, I'm hearing you and we're going to go there. And we are there in many ways. So thank you for that. Thank you for your patience too. Uh, and getting there, there are not a lot of places we can have these discussions, uh, you know, in a somewhat rational way. I'd like to think that I'm engaging in a rational discussion where some of you might go like Super Don, you're out of your mind, Robert. I don't know what you're talking about, but still he rolls with me here, which is cool. Uh, and I thank you for that. Super D, I just sent you an image, an updated image for the uh, Health and Freedom Summit for the Wellness Parenting Revolution, the Warners in Atlanta. Uh, if you can pull that, there it is. All right. You can see that that's coming up March 7th through 10th. Uh, in the Atlanta area. I guess they've got a QR code you can scan as well. Uh, Worldwellnessweekend.com. Looks like there's a website there as well. Um, Yeah, there it is. Peter McCullough, Judy Mikovich, the Warners, and a lot of other folks it looks like are going to be there with us. Uh, Oh, Brian Artis. I can't wait to see Brian. Uh, The Witchers look like they may be back. Uh, Jonathan Otto, Jono, James Thorpe. uh, Wolves. Yeah, looks like fun. Derek Naputi great guy. So we're looking forward to having that. And then the following week and outside of Atlanta is the next steps conference. And that's uh, Tia. We got to hang out with Tia last weekend in San Antonio at the most wonderful autism health summit. Thanks to Tracy and Steve Slevcevic for hosting that. This one's at next dash steps.info March 14th through 17th. And oh man, what a dynamic lineup we got for that. And I'll be there hanging out with you all. It's a, it's a, a little bit more of an intimate setting. It's not like thousands of people are going. And so that's what makes it so special when you get the real time to interact with folks and learn from each other and teach each other and, and, and you have practical and pragmatic experiences in addition to being out at the Lake Lanier Islands Resort. And that's the uh, 14th through 17th of March. Go to next-steps.info. And then there's even more coming up. I say, but wait, there's more. There's always more coming up. If you go to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com, you'll see various updates and upcoming events as well which is uh, something that uh, we always look forward to being out and about or out in a boot. Be Healthy Utah is back in Sandy outside. Of, it's basically Salt Lake City area. And that's happening the 19th and 20th of April at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy, Utah. The RSB Show Family Reunion, thanks to Leslie and the Goody Farms Homestead in Joplin, Missouri, the 14th, 15th, and 16th. As well, some of you might go to Red Pill Expo or do both. I don't know. That's coming up. And uh, we've got even more. Now, next week, I think it is. Is that coming up already? I don't know how soon that'll be, Super D, but I'll be heading back to Jim Baker Ministries. you got to fly into, uh, I forget, what's the city? Springfield, Missouri. And you drive down to uh, uh, Branson, below Branson. Branson. Yeah, uh, Jim Baker Ministries is there. And it's, I believe it's free and open to the public, the, the recording or taping of that show. And I was invited back to do some more healing work and discussion. Uh, with the ministry there, uh, and they have their own TV show, which is very well loved and watched Dude, all over the world. Yeah, for that show amazing. is amazing. It looks yeah. like it looks like uh, I don't know how to even describe it. It's like a it's like a little a little town mm-hmm. on a stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very 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 uh, elaborate. So I want to remind you on Monday, I got to fly it after the show, but we're doing an early broadcast on Monday. I don't know how early yet. We got to talk about that. Look at the calendar on the twelfth. Oh, it's not going to be a 7 a.m. one for you. I promise. It won't be that early. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. It was, <laughs> but I'm just it was, messing. I'm just messing around. <laughs> I heard so, that. What? What? The voice went way high. I'm like, uh oh, what have I, I done? Know. Okay, so what day are we talking about? The twelfth of uh, of uh, February, Monday. Early broadcast. Oh, okay. See, it's so how there. early is early? Well, I got to look at what time I'm flying out, so I'll, I can tell you. Let's see if I can. So it won't uh, be seven. Seven. No, no, it's not going to be that early. I, I promise. Let's see. Seven thirty. If my flight out is, good lord, I don't know when. We'll have to figure this out in bonus round. We'll talk about it. But suffice it to say, Monday will be a little bit of an early show uh, relative to what we're normally, not too early. And then uh, Tuesday will be a flight day, so I'll have to encore Tuesday's show. But that day we'll be recording at the Jim Baker's Ministry. So those of you, I know Leslie and family, you were going to make a field trip, maybe Sherry Neal and family, you can come down and be there. I'd love to see you guys or anybody else in that area. It would be nice to catch up and be there. It's a quick trip. And then we're back to Valentine's Day and beyond and going live as usual. All right, let's see. What do we got to talk about this hour? It's just you and me. So if you have a question or a comment, is there anything going on Rumble I should know about? Uh, it looks like it's um, Liberation Station. I don't. Marge, Marge hasn't said anything in the last few days. I don't want Marge has been quiet. Yeah. All right. She has nothing to say. All right. Glad to be here, y'all. Thanks for uh, chiming in on anything. Uh. All right, Medical Express, opening story for hour two. It's very eggheady. I'm going to try and not be too eggheady about it. I mean, we already went to scalar energy. I mean, how much more punishment can you take, right? COVID-19 researchers discover hidden natural immune defense pathway. I hidden... think that's just interesting. That Well, that is an interesting You don't even headline, have to get it? into the, the nuts and bolts of it yeah. too much, but just to find out that there was a hidden natural immune def defense pathway. Right. Um. It, Sounds cool, doesn't it? The human body's pretty freaking amazing, man. Yeah. You know, it's got all kinds of stuff that they haven't even discovered yet. This is new. Yeah. So, so apparently, this, uh, you've already got this innate thing in your immune system that can tackle viruses without having to take an antiviral. It's like a natural uh, uh, cre uh, antiviral created by your body. All right. Well, let's talk about this because I think some of their interpretation is wrong, but hey, that's just me. In my response to it, but let's see. F Professor Nicholson, the ANPC's director that studied this, said that it detected 10 new compounds made by the body in response to what they call the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Uh, and, and, you know, there are, are controversies that I acknowledge here on this show about that its existence, what it is, what it isn't, et cetera. And we may never solve it on a, on one show or a hundred shows, but I want to acknowledge it for, for those of you on either side of the fence, or if you're, uh, you know, just agnostic about the whole thing. So let's talk about what they're talking about. It's the discovery of the extended Viperin pathway. They call it X hyphen VIP. Uh, that has extended the knowledge of the Viperin antiviral pathway, part of the innate immune system that reacts to what they call most viral infections. Now, for me, I have a problem when they say viral infections because I don't know that we have 100% agreement or anywhere close to it as to what viruses are, much less if they're actually infectious agents because I believe they're endogenous, they exist within us, and they may not be anything like they've been described as far as causing infection. That they could be, as I said, many times I've said this over the years, they could be detoxification tools for pathways, uh, compromised pathways due to cellular dysregulation. They could be um, communication tools as well. Then they could be indicative of cellular dysregulation in the absence of selenium or in the uh, presence of uh, harmful biotoxins, whether they be natural or man-made. 
And certainly whatever SARS-CoV-2 is, it didn't seem to be natural. And certainly the response to it was anything but natural. So Viperin, interesting, has Viper in it. I found I found that kind of interesting. I know Super Don thought that would be intriguing. We've got to call Brian Artis. Venom. Uh, Venom, right? Viperin, short for virus inhibitory protein, endoplasmic reticulum associated interferon inducible. <laughs> it's a multifunctional interferon inducible protein that regulates what they call virus replication. Well, selenium does that. Selenium stops viruses from replicating if you even believe in viruses. And silver, bioactive forms of silver, and we talk about the ion interacting with viral proteins can bind and denature them, could uh, bind the DNA or RNA that, that you claim to have in a virus from you, stop it from replicating. So there are ways to do it without even this stuff that they've identified. They say, quote from the, uh, one of the professors, it is very unusual to discover significant new human biochemical pathways, especially ones that might have major medical significance. Well, it just tells you as much as you think you're smart, doctors, scientists, there's way more that we don't know than we do know. And a lot of the presumptions and assumptions we're going to look back on this day in 2024 and go, we we got it all wrong about viruses. I still I still believe and that. This is the reason why I think these types of things are interesting mm -hmm. because it's very easy, and I I think there are less people that think that doctors and medicine is somehow some kind of omnipotent, amazing, all knowing mm -hmm. thing, yeah. you know, out there. Uh, so when I see something like this, I'm just like, oh look. Yeah, Look, there's something you guys didn't know. So it's interesting how they they go through all the stuff and the you know this and that whatever and the a bone yeah. and the whatever. Uh, here's the probably the most disappointing part about this article. Mm -hmm. I know for you, you were talking about how viruses, whether they exist or don't exist. I could just you know. I I think it's the disagreement about them. <laughs> I I just don't like to. I know that we have people that are angry at me on both sides because I won't commit. It's not that I won't commit. It's just that there are things that I can't put my finger on to say I have I have validated or seen where it's been validated. So I'm. But they know, Robert. Right. Come on. So I, listen. So I'm open to possibilities, and I think sure. that the the key to good science is having an open mind to possibilities that you might not know yet, as opposed to becoming very dogmatic about these things. And so there are people that are dogmatic on both sides of this equation, as they are in many things, flat earth and, and round earth, whatever. It's like, I don't like to dive into that. If there's something I go, yeah, I pretty much confirm this. I'm pretty comfortable in stating so. But if you hear me, it's because, hey, I got a lot of questions about these things. And, you know, I'm going to have different conclusions as I read further in. But go ahead, Super D, add to what you're saying here. So, yeah. So, of course, as you would always expect with these guys, you know, they discover something different and interesting and new. And what's the first thing they think of? How can mm. we make a drug out of this? <laughs> that, that's literally what they're doing. They, they, you, they, want, you want some fries just, with that? Yeah. They discovered that the apparently the chemical structure of the compounds, these new mm. compounds that they discovered, yeah, um, resemble antiviral drugs so this opens up the possibilities of designing new antiviral medications yay right well remember interferon is mentioned in this i remember yes. when i was a young budding egghead science student i was like fascinated by interferon it's like whoa it looks to be the promising treatment for just about everything cancer you name it and then come to find out when they synthesized it and gave it to people it was one of the most devastatingly horrific side effect filled drug treatments they've ever developed and that the interferon that you develop in, endogenously is quite unique to you. Trying to synthesize that and use it for other people, much less yourself, 
It's not the same thing. Once again, we find the arrogance of man to think, well, I could just take that stuff we've discovered, synthesize and give it back to the body and go, this is going to do the same thing. No, nope. you blow hard boneheads. It's not. Now, now here's something that's interesting. Interesting thought. Because yeah. one of the things they're talking about that, that, that this new discovery could lead to mm-hmm. is the development of new tests to detect viral infection. And I know that... You know, the big sticking point for you, as we all learned in the last three years, yes. uh, is the PCR test and how much, yeah, you, exactly. how much you can't stand the PCR test. So It is not a detection technology. That is wrongly The, the question but, would yeah. be that if they took this, this new discovery and managed to be able to create a new test that mm-hmm. didn't rely on PCR, mm-hmm. that looked for these, these markers, right, that yeah. they're saying that this, you know, they discovered – yeah. That, that this this could be maybe a more accurate test for discovering the viruses that don't exist. All right. Well, I would call it a, an accurate <laughs> test potentially for cellular and genetic dysregulation. Okay? okay. Now, Chris puts up a link here about viruses uh, by Dr. Kevin Stillwagon, who I got to hang out with again this weekend. Dr. Kevin was uh, at the Autism Health Summit. And in fact, he was at the airport when we were leaving, uh, which was kind of nice to see him there. Uh, he's in the Tampa area where Chris is, I believe. And uh, yeah, that's a good thing. He's got a substack on it. So I would just say these metabolites, as they're saying, uh, are, are, are previously unknown, what they call biomarkers of infection or infectiousness. So they're going to interpret it and say, hey, we've got a new detection technology to say you have a viral infection. For me, I'm going to say more comfortably, I think more accurately that we've got evidence of cellular dysregulation at a very deep level. But no, no, just help, help me out here for a second. Cause I, mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a dummy on, on, on this dummy. stuff. I just, re, I guess I don't well, wrap my head around everything. Wasn't in the it world. a red Fox in, in, uh, he would call big uh, dummy. You big you dummy. Big right? dummy. You remember that? Yes. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. I loved that show. I that still, called, I will uh, watch reruns of that and just laugh. Sanford it's, and son, right? Sanford and son. You absolutely. Big dummy. No, you're not a big dummy. So go ahead. Uh, yeah, you got me thinking about San Francisco now. Sorry, so the, good yeah. memories. No, no, it's good. It's yeah. good. Um, so where was I going with this viral infection? Yeah. It, can you believe that? I mean, there is such a thing as infection. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause there can be a sure. bacterial infection. Yeah. Infectious burden means an overgrowth of something that may can, you may have endogenously within your body already. Like we have the microbiome, something is altering the, the home for it. And something just takes advantage of that, that endogenous infection. You don't have to catch it. And then there are other exposure vectors. If you have open wounds or other things that could, it could take advantage of a, an imbalanced terrain, weakened terrain in some way, shape or form. And we can call that an infection. But again, the controversy about viruses is that you can't just take the blood or the urine or da, 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 and just go, hey, let's let's see what grows there. And, oh, there's the virus. No, it's the process of what they call isolation that's problematic to me. Now, you might be able to argue, well, that's just the way it is, and that's called isolation. Okay, but if you can't find it without going through all of those hurdles and, and gymnastics and all of this stuff to, you know, down the road go, here it is, and you never see it in the act of doing anything, I still have questions about the claims of causation. And even as we talk with Judy Mikovich, who I love dearly and respect immensely, as she talks about XMRVs and different things like that, she's got a language and an ability within her setting to identify these things as even not truly causative agents. So as we talk about the contraries of HIV, she says, yeah, it truly isn't the cause of AIDS. It is all of the other things that dysregulate that allow for something to opportunistically take advantage of a situation. 
And, and so in that way, we have agreement, even though I might be going, hey, there's some stuff I don't fully get about this claim and this claim, and this claim. But for me, I'm, I can dig it because, man, she's been at it for so long. It's so deep places I've never gone that I'm not going to dismiss it just because of my dogmatic belief. I'm going to try and go, let's go deeper. Let's talk more. Let's get to that point of uh, uh, maybe some common ground here. So if we talk about what I say, se- evidence of cellular dysregulation and not viral infection, it might be considered splitting hairs or semantics. I don't know, but I'm going to comfortably go that direction in my description. So maybe it confounds everybody. <laughs> I don't know. So that, that's what I got to say about that. Mm. Mm. But yes, it is fascinating, Super D. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just I've never I've never really looked into it that deep. So, you know, I, I would I would want to know, okay, so if you have a viral infection and you have a bacterial infection, mm-hmm. what are the differences? But what are the similarities? Yeah. Um, and so you know, do the things they have in common mm-hmm. would those uh, is there a test that you could do that would just indicate infection mm. without having to go to what is the cause of the sure. infection? Of course, you need to know what the cause is in order to try and and deal with it. Because well, you know, there's I, different I, ways of dealing. You know, uh, of in, according to medicine, viruses and bacteria, they they have to be treated differently. There are different levels of causation as well. Because we could say we've identified this bacteria is present in abundance, so we call it the cause of infection. Right, the infectious agent. Yet the question still remains. What made the patient or person vulnerable to the overgrowth of that particular agent? Okay, so that when we say the the thing caused it, the question is what was underlying it that allowed it to cause it? Not just exposure, right? Because we're all exposed to stuff. Why do some people in a family get sick and some don't? Exposed to the same stuff. We come back to that question to say, it's not as simple as saying it's the infectious agent. And when we get into, again, cause viral claims, I would just go more with the the cellular uh, dysregulation due to lack of minerals like selenium and toxicological burdens causing the cells to spew genetic material and other things as a means of maybe communications, as a means of detoxification, but not other than engineered by man, as we talk about gain of function or other things, experiments, that now you create something that is completely unnatural to the, um, you know, the human and animal environment to elicit some kind of response that they claim, well, we're doing it before it happens so that we can create the antidote for it, which it tends to be that the antidote, like the COVID injection, is 10 to a million times worse than whatever it is they said they created. Here's a here's a question over mm-hmm. on Rumble. Thank you for asking. We love Rumble questions, and I try and make a point of, of, of looking over there every once in a while because mm-hmm. uh, it's empty, it's empty, and then I'll look over and there's six messages. Um, Green Mountain Girl on Rumble asks this question because we're talking about viruses and the Mm -hmm. existence of viruses. Yeah. She says, so what are the homeopathic nozodes based on? She says, I'm on Mm -hmm. board with the whole questioning of viruses. I'm just wondering what about the nozodes? Right. So here we have to take a leap because the nozodes are based on what so-called modern medical science is claimed as the causative agent. You know, when we get into polio, for instance, the poliomyelitis, uh, arguably, and Liam Sheff was brilliant about this, going back to the history of how they claim to have isolated one polio virus. It's a, it's a disastrous mess of a whole lot of neurotoxins. And in the mix of creating, you know, taking the fluid from somebody that is diagnosed with polio, paralytic or otherwise, uh, they, they take this stuff and then they 
homeopaths go, all right, you guys say that's what it is. So let's take that and convert that into the homeopathic form. We'll call it the, the polio nosode. So it relies to some greater or lesser degree on claims of those medical and, and research scientists to say, we've isolated that stuff. Here it is, and we'll take it and convert it to a homeopathic form. Now, we still have the safety that they don't have in taking their stuff and making it into an injectable vaccine or an oral vaccine when it comes to polio. Uh, so it's a short answer to a very good question. Uh, when we talk about bacterial species, it's much easier because we can identify them. You can see them under pretty, pretty much traditional light microscopes as well. And it's not as much controversy about existence nor how it can be isolated from the body uh, to convert into, a, again, a homeopathic nosode, or we can take uh, various, you know, tissues, then we call them sarcodes, right? We can take like viral cancer is present. They call it viral cancer. So you go, all right, we'll take the tissue that they claim is a viral cancer. And we take that tissue and convert it into a sarcode or better yet. I was going to the cancer discussion, cancerous cells from a, from a, 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 a liver or anywhere else. And we can convert that in the tissue into a sarcode homeopathically for reintroduction to help alert the immune system to target and work that way with the innate intelligence or vital force of the body. So hopefully that's helpful. It's not comprehensive, but it's a quick response to a great question. It's an interesting debate for sure. Yeah. And I, I never the twain shall meet. It's kind of like when we talk about Israel and, and, and Palestine and it's like very rarely can you find anybody come to agreement on almost anything about it. People are entrenched on one side or the other. And as I said, I, I think it's a, the war is a disaster in every sense of the word. And I don't mean the, I mean, a, any, obviously when you have to defend yourself, your life, you can argue that there's legitimacy there. And then someone will go, but this, but that, but that. And my point is, why are we still declaring war on one another or having this stuff warfare? Uh, well, some would argue, well, it's energy again, or it's money, it's economics. And true. When you have uh, scarcity consciousness. You're like, dude, if we don't get those resources, we're going to be in trouble. And you, so you expand the empires throughout history. It's been that way, or it's for enslavement. We talked about that with scalar energy, how the oil became the slaves of our modern era, cheap energy. It's not, a, it's not free in the same as scalar, but for the most part, the average American still fills up their gas or pays their electrical bill. Well, obviously there are exceptions to that. Uh, so now we have access to things that only the kings and queens and emperors of old had, the ability to have a life of luxury that we don't have to dig in the dirt for our very survival or hunt and fish, et cetera. That doesn't mean I don't recommend that we all learn those skills because who knows what will happen in the future. This is uh, true. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, good, good stuff. Good intense stuff today on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you for uh, rolling with us on this journey. It's not scripted. By the way, a happy birthday to Michael. Uh, Ula and Mark Tinsley's firstborn. Oh, yeah, he's like, Michael. what, like 17, I think, or something? Yeah, something like that. Happy birthday, yeah. Michael. We wish you the best, and your whole family is just a bundle of love. You guys are amazing. And, uh, of course, his little sister, who's getting big, growing tall, uh, Vivian, who came along with Ula to my mom's 90th birthday. We appreciate that. But happy birthday, Michael. Uh, let's see what else we got to talk about here. New York City. New York City. So there's a county in New York, not in the city, but it's agreed to pay three quarters of a million dollars to families whose kids who weren't vaccinated for measles were barred from school during the so-called measles outbreak. Remember the Rockland County stuff in 2019? Oh, yeah. Ah, those were the days before COVID where it was simple. Right? 
right? Oh, back in the day. Right? They were attacking people with religious exemption. Interestingly enough, a lot of the Jewish, the Orthodox Jews that were not uh, vaccinating, uh, the Hasidim and stuff. And it it was like a direct assault on their religious liberty, their freedom. And apparently this suit has been going on since then. And let's see, two two public officials over 2019, they were sued, right? Family sued them because they were eliminated or, uh, let's say, barred from any school activities or anything. They're like, you got to go home. And, you know, I've said this over the years that we've had religious exemptions, even going to private schools with my kids, the Montessori and different things they've done. And um, one of the things they say, well, if, if there's an outbreak, your kids have to go home. I'm like, I don't care. That's fine. Now, in this case, it was devastating and they did care. And, and I agree. It's like you have a religious freedom to say no to these things, but they argued that these children were basically disease-carrying vermin because they hadn't been vaccinated, despite the fact that there's no evidence to show that, much less there is evidence to show that people who are fully vaccinated for the measles, the MMR, are shedding and spreading. And most of the cases of measles are coming from the unique strain that they inject you with, whatever you believe that to be. Uh, so the case went, was go, sent to go to a jury trial uh, in November of uh, 2022. Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in a unanimous decision overturned a lower court's finding that Rockland County Public Health Authorities were justified in issuing the emergency order. So 16 of these families sued Rockland County, and uh, it was basically going to go to a jury trial uh, beginning, I think, maybe today or so. And they finally said, no, well, we want to settle this out of court. Now, why would they do that? Maybe it was because they knew they were probably going to lose. I think so. At this point, yeah. the argument that it was to protect the public or safety is a, is really not a good one because there was evidence that these public health officials had an antipathy. You know what that means, antipathy. They basically hated these religious people. They just had a bias against these people of faith and, and against what they believed. And so it would have come out in jury trial that this was not about protecting the public. It was because these people hated these people that they did this. Well, and they, were, if, vi- they were violating their constitutional Protected right, rights of freedom rights. Of, of religion, exactly. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, and this was before COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how many times did we see the exact same type of thing happening during mm-hmm. COVID as well? And what did we say? This is not going to stand up in court. But, you know, mm-hmm. how does the court system work? It's very difficult. Yeah. Had not these 16 families banded together and got a good attorney that was willing to take the case, uh, this never would have have happened. Mm -hmm. But because they did, it was obvious, obvious that they had violated their their rights, Mm -hmm. just like they did during COVID. And that's the reason why you've seen so many cases of freedom of speech and freedom of religion that people are winning in the courts. The part that sucks is that in the short term, government can take those rights away from you and they don't care. And they know that eventually, if you go to court and you get a good attorney, you're going to win. But in the short term, they know the government knows they can get away with what they want to get away with. Yeah, It's very very much like you know the conversations we've had talking about Jonathan E. Mort mm-hmm. and the reason why he's running. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Because they know how to game the system. And, and it's the, the the deck is stacked against you when you yeah. go to court. Jonathan knows how to break their game. He does. Yeah, they don't want him in there. We do. Uh, now, the, another aspect of this was the so-called herd immunity levels, right? We remember we talked about that. What name another product that only works when everybody uses it? 
if if one is not, it's, oh, it doesn't work for me now, right? Um, and initially they said, well, we need to get 70% vaccinated. Then it went up to 80, then 90, then 95, then 97. It's like you keep changing that. You're like, this is not rooted, rooted in science, right? Just like Fauci admitted, well, that the distancing thing, it's kind of fell into our, I don't know. We it just kind of happened. Out of thin air. Don't, we don't know, but hey, don't blame me, right? I never said that, right? Liars, all of them. And so uh, when they, when they talk about in, in going to trial, they realized they were they were going to lose and set bad precedent. So they went ahead and paid three quarters of a million to shut them up at this point. But folks, don't back down to your religious beliefs. You know, I have religious and spiritual beliefs that are maybe distinct and different from uh, yours. And and everybody, even if you go to the same church, synagogue, mosque, temple, whatever, you're going to find out if you drill down in everybody's beliefs, you're going to find some disagreements. But that's okay. That's how it is. That's life. And I stood my ground against the State Department with my family and then the not wanting to use, I call them the beastly numbers. And so we were able to uh, push back on the State Department and they acknowledged finally, it wasn't easy to realize that, yeah, you, you can have a religious accommodation if you don't have or use Social Security numbers, you could still get a passport and renew a passport as we did with my family. And it wasn't easy. The easy route would have just, oh, just do whatever they say. I'm like, no, it's not right. And I and I wasn't only doing it for me and my family, but for anybody uh, who is a person of faith who may identify similarly now or in the future about not being numbered like cattle in order to be, have a freedom to move about the earth cabin, travel, for instance. What's the basis of that? For a driver's license or a, a passport? That number doesn't belong anywhere. And it's been acknowledged the Privacy Act 1974 shouldn't be used as an identifying number, but people just kind of go, oh, whatever, I'll just go wrong. Like, yeah, I'm sounding a little bit annoyed right now, Super Don. I don't mean to be. <laughs> but I, I just think it's too easy to just go along to get along. And then you go along to get along until you're a full-on locked-in-the-cage prisoner. Right. And, you know, I'm I'm not claiming to be perfect about these things, but where I find and identify things that are, you know, obviously to me, entrapments or enslavements, I, I just can't participate in them in good conscience or at all. Then I'd have to go into states of dissonance and I don't want to live in cognitive dissonance. I'm not saying that there aren't levels of things I don't know yet that I might find out, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. But for what I know, I, I tend to want to live according to my belief system, even if it's inconvenient. And even if some people don't like it, I don't mean to inconvenience people or make life difficult for others, but you were never promised an easy life, were you? Was any Were any of us? Sometimes we got to deal with stuff we don't want to deal with. I never promised you a rose garden. <laughs> yeah. Who sang that song? All right. Lori has a good question here. Lori asks, how are we going to get the real ID that goes into effect May 25th for flying? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, they've been saying this since 2005 when the Real ID Act passed and they keep having to... Um, push it back because the states aren't all cooperating and the people are going to resist. Please push back in your state. A lot of your states are in session now. It may be a little late. I don't know, but to push back to give the people of the states an option to not to get a real ID, uh, driver's license, for instance, or state ID. And you can do that. There are states that allow that. All states should. But this is an unfunded mandate to some degree, the Federal Real ID Act. And, and I'm not sure it's going to pass or fully engage on May of 2025. But, Lori, to answer your question, as I pointed out, if you have a religious belief like I do that you know prohibits your use of the number, you can get a passport that is Real ID compliant, even if it does go through, without that number. 
So you can do it at the federal level already now in terms of your passport. Uh, so hopefully that's helpful to you, Lori, and thank you for asking that question. Let's see, what else? Any other comments or questions on this or any other topic as we are diving into the different subjects we got in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com? Nope, moving on. I'm I'm interested to see, are you, uh, uh, Tucker Carlson supposedly interviewed uh, Putin? Went to Russia? I've I've seen some headlines that he was spotted in uh, in Russia oh, that's and, then, and then confirmed that he is going to be doing an interview. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, to, he's that's now he's that's an agent he of the Russian Federation, right? No, I think yes. that's BS. If you're a reporter and you get an interview with the leader of a nation, yeah, are I you would, kidding me? You're telling me Wolf Blitzer didn't want to get that interview before Tucker, right? Exactly. I mean, come on, that's Leslie Stahl. Yeah. I mean, come on, they all yeah. would die for that for that interview. Mm -hmm. He got it, yeah, because he's Tucker Carlson. Yeah, pretty amazing. All right, let's see what other subjects we got to cover here today. You may be eating pre-digested food. What? Here's why, right? Now, look, <laughs> parents have been doing this for their kids for years, you know, chewing up some stuff and putting it in their mouth like birds do. But when you think of pre-digested food, I, I am immediately brought back to Saturday Night Live back in the, <laughs> the olden days, I think with yeah. Dan Aykroyd and that crew, Chevy Chase. I don't know if this goes back, but there was – uh, I remember an, uh, a pretend advertisement for pre-chew Charlie's. You remember that? I do. Where they, here's your steak, and then they come with a waiter that chews it up for you and then puts it in your mouth. <laughs> pre-chew Charlie's. I'm thinking, is that what they meant by this? I'm not sure. In fact, I think what they're, they're referencing here is uh, the super processed foods that they are to some degree – pre-digested because they're altering the raw food ingredients and converting them into something far removed from what they originally are. Some of these things may mimic digestive processes, but other things are not anywhere close to what your well, body I actually mean, let's, does. Let's think about digestion, right? Mm -hmm. How does digestion work, right? It breaks down the food, right? Mm -hmm. And into, well, like they say, I think in the article, the molecular parts, right? Yeah. Like starches, proteins, fats, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it, when ultra-processed foods are made, they're made yeah. from, you know, basic crops like corn, wheat, and potatoes, and then they disassemble them <laughs> and then recombine them together to make... In a new way, right? Like you were, the, I think you were talking about Pringles, right? Right, yes. You know, back in the day when we used to eat Pringles, yeah. right? I never Unless, liked them. Oh, you didn't like Pringles? No, there was something about, and this is before I knew. Oh, uh, they I'm not, I'm not claiming yeah. some prescient knowledge, but something <laughs> in me says, even though I eat Twinkies or whatever it was I ate back in the day, yes. Pringles were like, this just doesn't taste right. There's something not right about them. So, no, oh, I wasn't a fan of those. Things. No, I, I would not me. I'd eat all can. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, and you couldn't. You get, you just, it's not like you could just eat one. Yeah. You know, there's not just one Pringle. It was like five Pringles at once, you know, one time. Anyway, right. sorry. Uh, I don't eat Pringles anymore. Yeah, no, not anymore. So um, anyway, so so that's, I think that's what they're referring to is mm -hmm. that basically it's, it's, it goes through the same process. In order to make the Pringle, they have to take the corn, or in this case the potato, I guess, yeah, and break it down and then put it back together and kind of form it into, you know, a Pringle. Mm -hmm. And so it technically, it, it's kind of like a pre-digested food, right? Yep. Yep. There you go. Mark says it's so digested, it causes them to puke. <laughs> Mark, don't be eating that stuff. I'm just saying. You know, you can yes. if you want, but if you like to puke. 
Oh, it's funny, a story, not so funny, but my son, um, you know, he's working uh, at a place and I don't know one day that they were provided that was extra day. I don't know, long day, whatever. They were provided a meal and all three meals were from this, I think it was Neaters or something. I don't know, some kind of bakery place that supposedly cleaner food. And he's like, dad, every once in a while, I'll have a little bit of that. And I seem to be okay. But he apparently had all three meals from that place that day because it was provided to him for free. It was convenient, whatever. And the next day, did not go to work. He spent all day puking it up. And it isn't because he's weak and sick. It's because his body recognized an over influx of things that don't belong in his body. And rather than, you know, in that chronic state of adaptation or disease, accepting it and tucking away the poisons in some other way, his body is strong enough to go get out of here. Kind of like supersize me. Remember that movie when he supersized it and vomited up Morgan Spurlock because the body is rejecting the, the toxins it doesn't want nor need. When you're healthy, you will reject those things. When you're not, you'll go, oh, I ate that and I'm fine. What's wrong with you? And I believe it's a misinterpretation of health to have what they call an iron constitution, the proclamation, oh, I can eat anything and nothing happens to me. It's like, that's not a good sign if your body can't respond or react accordingly. Now, in this case, the predigestion means manufacturing cheap, delicious, if you, that's mm. relative now, packaged foods like corn, wheat, potatoes, disassembled into their molecular parts, starchy flours, protein isolates, fats and oils, or what manufacturers call slurries. So they cook them down, they mix mm. them up, they add all kinds of garbage, you know, coloring, I flavoring. Just, I've got a hankering <laughs> for some starch slurry. Haven't starch had some slurry. in a while. Doesn't that sound delicious? Yeah. <laughs> Yummy. No, thank you. And then uh, they add in colorings, flavorings, glue-like emulsifier into the slurry, then heated, pounded, shaped, and extruded. You know, I, 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 I discovered the other day, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're using the organic peanut butter now. Yep. Which is really good. Yay. I, I'm a big peanut butter fan. Yeah? Um, is it the kind you have to mix when you buy it? It's Yeah, I mean, it separates. Yeah, right? that's the you real, know? The real deal. It's, it's interesting because I'm used to regular what i guess you call it regular peanut butter but it's the stuff that you buy in the store the non-organic variety yeah and it's very thick right mm-hmm. it's like you know it's, it's, it has a consistency to it right the organic peanut butter doesn't in mm-hmm. fact some of the organic peanut butter you can take the lid off stir it up and you can pour it and it'll run out of the jar yeah i'm just like what is this this is more like peanut spread than, <laughs> than, than peanut butter but i yeah. discovered after mm-hmm. looking into it because i'm just curious that way yeah that it's the emulsifiers right is is what gives peanut butter, you know, standard Chris, peanut butter. Chris nails it by predigested. Do they mean hydrolyzed? Yeah, exactly, Chris. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. well, yeah, it's because the hyd- being hydrolyzed, it's mm-hmm. a similar process to human digestion, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then Who apparently the nutrients. We want to make it addictive. Yeah, well, and and the the way that works, the reason why it's addictive is is because it's ultra ultra processed. Right, it bypasses the natural digestive process, and so your your stomach doesn't get the same. It doesn't activate the stomach's thing that tells you that you're full. So you, by, yeah. by the time you actually end up feeling like you're full, you've eaten like four times what you probably should have eaten. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's all you know. Fo- follow the follow the you know connect the dots from there. Yeah. yeah, this is why you know people put on fifty pounds or whatever when they're. <laughs> <laughs> and they're eating this stuff. It's not exactly. good. Let's just, just say, not that not that people didn't already know this, but yeah, a lot of a lot of stories coming out in the news about ultra processed foods lately. Yep. All they're right, finally Kathy, looking at it. 
Kathy has a question here. Copy. Let me just copy it, drop it in so I can show you on screen. This is also at our website. Thank you, Kathy, for being in our chat room at robertscatbell.com. It's free for you. It costs us money to have it. So anybody that would like to, please contribute, uh, you know, donate, or, or you can become part of our Patreon support crowd and family. And we're going to have our next Zoom AMA where we see one another interact on Saturday, the 24th of February, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So Kathy writes, let me see. This is a message to you, Super D. Mm. <clears throat> Wait, I thought all peanut butter is high in mold. Mold. Aflatoxins, different things, yeah. I've heard of that. Um, I'm not an expert in that area. Uh, I would, th- I, I actually, I don't even know. I'm not even going to try and you sit here. You just like your like peanut I, butter. Listen, I like I like I, peanut butter. Like, yeah. Listen, and what they do. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the question I would have: mm-hmm. is, is it that peanuts themselves uh, are not good because they have mold? Or is it mold that comes it's from often, the when it's made into peanut butter? Or right. well, it, I believe it's the growth media, the the way it's grown, and of course the organic yeah. peanut butter is far superior than the commercially or conventionally grown. But I mean, yeah, basically, are, when you get the organic peanut butter, mm-hmm. uh, they they take peanuts and they stick it in a machine and goes, mm, yeah. and it goes into a jar. Yeah. You've, so I mean, that, that's it. There's nothing else in there now. Is it possible that because it's organic that it could get mold? I've noticed a lot of this stuff. I, I'm used to going to the store, buying fruit. It can sit in the refrigerator for a week and still be yeah. the same as it was when I first bought it. Mm-hmm. Not with organic produce, man. It's breaking down you, fast. You, you can, you can, uh, strawberries. Love mm-hmm. strawberries. Yeah. My wife especially. But they don't have the end. Buy a thing of strawberries. Days. Three yeah. days later, they've got mold. It's just like. Yeah. This you is not cut cool. Them up and freeze them, eat them, or cut them up and freeze them. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm figuring this out as they I don't go. Don't have here. the antifungal fumigation yeah. happening, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I don't know. I haven't had an issue with it, but I have heard about that. Yeah, it could be. Mark says storage of the peanuts that causes the growth. There's a lot of factors there, uh, but seriously, you can always counteract the mold growth with bioactive copper hydrosol. And this comes back to as well. Uh, let's talk about digestive processes. The lack of copper in our diets is significant. It's impacting a lot of functions. And when we even eat copper-rich foods, the digestive process is weakened. At best, they have argued in scientific studies that maybe 30 40% absorption. And even then, utilization is not complete. So the bioactive copper hydrosol in the copper-1, copper-2 form allows for immediate use for the bio, bio the pathways that copper is needed for. So you can give fractions of the micrograms, homeopathic almost dosages. This is what I tried to relate to the audience at the uh, Autism Health Summit, because rightly so, as I've argued, and it's not much of an argument, everybody pretty much agrees, with rare exception, heavy metals like mercury, cadmium, arsenic, lead, aluminum, not good, especially bad if you're on the spectrum. And so I've focused on detoxifying those kids going back 30 years. Yet embracing the use of silver and copper doesn't mean I'm suddenly uh, a hypocrite when it comes to metals. There are beneficial metals and there are detrimental metals good metals bad metals and you can't dismiss them all that's just not right it's not scientific and even forms of metals can be good or bad like chromium is an essential trace element but as chromium hexavalent it becomes a toxic cancer-causing poison right so i look at these things and try to relate them so that we get beyond the all or nothing scenario and you know 
even the children who are have, have methylation pathway issues that resulted in autism spectrum disorders still need and can utilize things like bioactive silver hydrosol, bioactive copper hydrosol for the benefit of other health functions and the restoration of normal metabolic function. So here's, here's a question for you. Yeah. Question for you about copper. Mm -hmm. uh, taking the copper. Yeah. What, what is the, the optimal way to, uh, to take it? Do you just chug it? I take you... a tablespoon and, and I, I, sl I swish it around my mouth before swallowing personally. And is it a sublingual thing that it, well, it absorbs? sublingual absorption, but we are designed to absorb it through the GI tract. So it's okay. It can be so yeah. Is it okay to add that to something that you're going to consume? Like something you're drinking or a, uh, could you like just put some in a smoothie? Uh, you know, would that, would that yeah, you, work? You, yeah, you can, but because it's so bioactive, mm -hmm. it will interact with whatever it's being added to. And so it might okay. take some of the bioactivity down. So ideally okay. you take it on its own. Okay. But I, I will add it to coffee, even organic coffee. Cause you know, talk about mold issues like with coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great thing to add to your, your coffee to, you know, neutralize any mold. The copper can do that. Silver can help too in that regard. So you can use it therapeutically on things you're going to ingest for the purpose of what it's doing to the food, for instance. As so well. Not necessarily for it to affect you, but to affect what it is sure. you're about to Yeah, consume. to make it safer, right? What you're going to consume. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So there are ways to do that. I was kind of hoping I could just take like one of those little jars and yeah. just dump it in and, yeah. and drink it. You'll still get some benefit, but I, I like yeah. to take it for oral benefit, uh, mostly for systemic benefit for the body on its own. Okay. So I'll give you some indication. Now, we're running out of time here before That's bonus okay. round. That's it's, it's The conversation's flowing. Okay. okay. We don't but have I, to hit everything that's on the list. It's okay. But I do want to talk about millennials and Gen Z. All right, fine. Data shows more millennials and Gen Zers are getting colon cancer. Is obesity why? Now, I think that what Toby Keith, who is like 55 years of age or 60, I don't know how old was Toby Keith. He was in his 50s. 60, 62, I think. Okay. He died of a stomach cancer, I think. Yeah. He, he was diagnosed in 2022, apparently. Yeah. And apparently he got the injection. I don't know how many of the COVID shots, but we've There's seen that. There's been so much debate. I mean, people yeah. are just falling all over themselves on online trying to determine for sure, right. yes or no, did he get vaccinated? Or yeah. So, but one thing is, you know, the suspicion, let's just call it that to be subtle about it, that it seems to be activating pre-existing or underlying conditions and making them go in hyper mode or, or you know, they call it. Uh, turbo mode or something. But for kids to get colon cancer, I mean, they've hardly used their colon enough to have cancer. I mean, think about that. How many times do the kids poop relative to somebody that's 70 and they're having cancer already? Because maybe yep. they're not pooping enough. Like I didn't as a child with constipation. Yeah. How much devastation to their GI tracts are they getting? And is it also transgenerational? Well, I'd be willing to bet somebody proved me wrong. That if you looked at the instances of colon cancer from right around the early mid 1950s mm -hmm. till now, yeah, that you would see some correlation in some things that were introduced into the population that could be uh, the cause of lots of things, including cancer. Mm -hmm. We were just talking the other day about PFAs. Microplastics, microplastics, exactly. Nanoparticles, BPAs, endocrine disruptors. Dude, the, infl the inflammatory components of uh, 
modern living, so to speak. And I don't mean normal metabolic waste, free radicals, but I'm talking about synthetic toxic poisons coming in and the GI tract has to deal with it. And younger and younger ages getting colon cancer, I'm not surprised. It's a sad thing, but how many of them realize they need to go on organic non-GMO foods to start? By the way, yes, rest in peace, uh, Andrew Saul. We had him on the show. Vitamin guy, Andrew Saul, remember, just passed away. Way too young. I don't know how old. Was he in his 60s? Well, let's talk about that and a few other things in the bonus round here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, for those of you who want to check out the the scalar stuff we talked about, that's Tom Palladino in Hour One. Remember, tomorrow, and Archer Butcher. We're going to talk more about the MonocoreUSA.com thing that everybody wants. I want, too, and we'll get there. So more energetic healing than you can shake a non-energetic stick at. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show, where the power to heal is yours, and the bonus round comes up after this. All right. At least you didn't show like horse meat on the grill after that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I considered showing like Elmer's glue or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It, it, it the, the sick, twisted mind of Super Don. He would do I, that. I didn't have enough time to make that happen. <laughs> thankfully, so. thankfully, at this point. So uh, before Some we people get more, eat horse. Yeah. yeah. What about horse? That's the thing. Some people eat horse. Horse That's true. Some people do. Do you remember back in the day when we were kids and there was a rumor that was going around that McDonald's was using horse meat horse in their meat, hamburgers? Yeah. Remember that? I do. I remember. I don't think it was ever true, but it was back just one when of those we things. Were eating McDonald's. Back back when rumors were actually uh spread from mouth to mouth or mouth to ear rather than online in the in the in a blink of an eye, right? Yeah. Back All in right. my day. Let's see what's going on here. Uh look at a calendar. Green Mountain oh, Girl. So see, much. look at this. I don't look over at Rumble and boom, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, what happens? What do you see? Let's see what we got. I got to use the mouse to see here. All right. So, uh, oh, it was just, it was uh, Liberation, St- Liberation Station. That's, uh, that's, uh, come on, help me. Is come that on, Chris? Robert. Chris. Yeah. Um, and Green Mountain Girl. Talking about okay. pre-digested food. All right. I just got a major announcement for a coming upcoming event. And so, wow, it's a big shift. I heard rumor that this might happen. Let me send this to you, Super Don, in email. And I will make the announcement right now so you guys can mark your calendars. Big shift. for Well, we've got the Health Freedom Expo virtual coming up uh, 17th and 18th of February. That doesn't change. But the Trinity Health Freedom Expo 2024, change of date change of location indianapolis indiana no more chicago this year oh so rather than going back to where we've had it for years we're going to be 28th and 29th of september in indianapolis indiana and it's going to be at the plainfield let's see plainfield embassy suites hotel and conference center so plan for that mark your calendar super don mark our calendar so i don't double book september 28th and 29th is the new Health Freedom Expo, Indianapolis, Indiana. It's going to bum out all the people that used to live near the other one, but hey, there's other people in Indianapolis or closer. might go, yay! So that's a Sunday or Saturday and a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And usually they have the Trinity Live event associated with it, so it might have a few days before it as well. So Plainfield, Indiana, basically Indianapolis. And uh, let's see. Children's, uh, that's so. Great. Do you want me to block off just those two days, or should I block off that Friday as well? Oh, the Friday as well. Yeah, for sure. So twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and twenty. Usually, I'm broadcasting live from the location there. Live Wolf Friday. Freedom Expo. Yeah. In 
Indianapolis, Indiana. All right. That's cool. Have they ever had it there before? I don't think so. I think That's they new, might have huh? had Trinity live events there. All right. So looks like the uh, the Trinity Live event and the Health Freedom Expo. So uh, the Trinity Live would be the 26th through the 29th, I guess, or the, all of it, right? So you can go all in for Trinity Graduate or looking people looking to get more education if you're a naturopath and all of that. So I'll forward that to you, Super D. If you have it, we'll, we'll add that into the upcoming events list so people right. will see it. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Very exciting. So got it. I'm going to accept the invitation for uh, it. Hold on. i got to revise it. Okay. It did not do it right in here. Hold Sorry. On. I got to go to the 29th. 27th through the 29th. Save. All right. There we go. Okay. All right. Done. All right. Back to February. All right. Let's do it. What are we doing in February? Oh, back to like, that's where we are now. Is February. Okay. Yeah. We're in February. That's right. Uh, back, back to reality. <laughs> Back to so Ann Archer tomorrow. You already talked about that. Yep. Uh, we've got Emord on Thursday as usual. Chris Downey in the second hour. Uh, he's got an or a, a website called VaxCalc.org. It's the ultimate mm -hmm. vaccine research guide for modern parents. That's cool. Yep. Very nice. Then we've got Emmy Robin on. Oh, Emmy's great. She's uh one of the key actors in uh, the Protocol Seven, the new movie coming out. Uh, from, um, what was that, uh, Andrew Wakefield. That's right, Andy. And it's based on the true story of all the illegalities of the MMR vaccine and Merck. Obviously, it's somewhat fictionalized for a, for a movie, but it's based on all these true events. And it looks really great. Saw some of the sneak previews. The actors are top flight. Even Julia Roberts' brother, Eric Roberts, is the key pharmaceutical executive in this movie. The Eric Roberts? The Eric Roberts is in this movie, yeah. yeah. What was that movie he was in back in the 80s, and it was a martial arts movie, and he was uh, best of the best or something like that? Or You remember that? Yeah, I don't. I do remember it, but I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. 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 Interesting guy. Yep. He's played a number of different roles, usually the bad guy, but in that movie, he was a good guy. Yeah. I think he's right. kind of the bad guy executive in this one. I uh, don't have anything new on Rumble. Okay, Leslie. so I think there, there were some questions here. Super D, did you get my emails from Leslie? Yes, I did. Okay. I will talk to you about that after the show. Mm -hmm. um, sorry I missed your initial message earlier in the week. It happens. Yes, it does. Uh, let's see here. Marissa. Oh, this is uh, my strawberry uh, conundrum. Marissa has some advice. Put your strawberries in a mason jar. It helps them a ton. Make sure they are dry. Don't clean or cut before you put them in the jar. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I mean, I've just I've been used to like with all my fruit. Yeah, and vegetables too, but mostly the fruit. The fruit is what well, molds. The um, strawberries, dude. That's like one of the usually the worst offenders on the dirty dozen list. Yeah, as far as toxicity. Yeah. But fortunately, so, you know, they're organic, so you don't have to worry about the uh, the, right. the, the pesticide situation. Just mold growth. But, yeah, so put them in a jar and dry and, and then use them as you can. Otherwise, if, you, if you're not going to get to them in time, cut them and freeze them for smoothies. That's what yeah. we do. Yeah. Occasionally, um, we miss the window of opportunity, too. It happens to all of us. Happens the strawberries, best. Strawberries. We, we do strawberries and blackberries and blueberries and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, thank you for that advice. I'm learning as I go here. Uh, let's see here. Her strawberries last much longer when she does the mason, mason jar, jar trick. So, Thanks, I mean, it's just, just in a mason jar, and then you put them in their fridge? Apparently. I guess? Yeah. Because temperature has a lot to do with it, too, right? Yeah, keeping them cool is better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. Yeah, I've got plenty of mason jars. We have mason jars here in this household. In fact, uh, speaking of that, I gotta, I gotta go make some mayonnaise. Ah, this will yeah, be my, right. this will be my second, uh, my second attempt. The I first wanna, attempt I... was a little bit of a, a, a test mm -hmm. because I, I, I'm using avocado oil, and you're supposed to use what they say is a neutral flavored yeah. oil. Yeah, I could still taste the oil though. It tasted weird. Oh, and so it? I was just like, what do I do? How do I, I put some honey in it and kind of made it better, but it still wasn't really perfect. What about olive oil? Can you do olive oil? Olive oil has, is supposed to have a much stronger flavor. Uh-huh. So some people like it because of that, mm. but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go with just, just the, the neutral thing first, trying to, to replicate right. what it is like this, that tastes like store-bought, yeah. which is 13 bucks mm -hmm. a jar, which is insane. Yeah, but um, so I'm going to try this time. When I when I first did it, it was um, I used white vinegar. Other people use uh, lemon juice, so I'm going to use the lemon juice this time and see if that fixes the problem. But okay. a little, well, I put a little dab of honey in it, and that that took away kind of for the most part the the oil taste. Well, I'm looking forward to your version that you go. I nailed it so I can follow that recipe. I'm going to keep trying. Okay. I just use a little, little jar, you know, yeah. until I can figure out what, what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, Costco sells the avocado mayo for like $8 for a massive jar. Okay. I actually need to place an order with Costco anyway. So I'll probably, I'll look into that. But you don't have a Costco in your neighborhood, do you? No, it's, it's over the hill. It's oh. 90 minutes away. So... But they, they deliver for free. What? So, yeah. I mean, they ship. You know, so I th well, I think you have to reach like a certain amount, a but they, they ship okay. it to you online. Okay. Um, so my, my wife is a big fan of coconut water, and mm -hmm. they have they have a great deal on organic coconut water that I buy like three cases at a time. Nice. Um, so I got to do that here soon because she's out, so I will look for the avocado mayo. Hmm. Uh, yeah, see, it costs, Leslie says it costs $15 for half that size at natural grocers. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, around here, it's 13 bucks. Mm. 13 bucks for a jar. I'm just looking at, gosh, man, what memories I have. Uh, Mountains of Hope Healing Retreat. They got one going on right now, February, like first big one of the year where we were in Columbia. And like uh, looking at all the, oh, it's like, oh, man. Dude, I've been noticing oh. all the ads. On yeah. Facebook, have you? Yeah, they've where done it's got a, pictures, bang up promotions for it, and it's people that we know. Yeah, the you know one ad had um, um, Laban and Anna. I've seen it. Laban and Anna, yeah, that one. And there was I, one of them. My daughter's in at one point. A brief, you know. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, and uh, they won't put my ugly mug in there. That's okay. Yeah, I see Billy Otto and his new wife Marisha in there. Uh, oh man, but I'm looking at it, it's like, oh, there I see uh -huh. Jono and, and Ed Group in the pool talking at one point. And our, so, anyway, mountainsofhope.com, check it out if you guys want to have an amazing, amazing experience. I would like to go back. All right, let's see what else we got. Anything else? 
who we haven't heard from in a while. Dr. Ravi. We need to get Ravi back on the show. I've tried a couple times. I just, you know, he's, he's, he's a busy guy. He's hard to nail down sometimes. Yeah. I'll try again. Leslie also ordered from Costco and they delivered for free. Yeah. I mean, but they've got some good deals on stuff. No. Yeah. And they've got, they've got a good selection of organics too. Yeah. And Lori says that she'll send us her husband's recipe. All right. Uh, cool. I'll, oh, let's be open to it. If you've had success with that, I mean, cause I don't know, I've not done it yet. And super Don, you're, you're, you're Dexter's laboratory right now with it. <laughs> so on a lot of things I'm learning how to cook. You know, my, my wife works, works hard. Um, hmm. and she comes home. And so I've been picking up the slack by cooking and I've learned how to, I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah. Me and chef Ramsey hanging out on YouTube. <laughs> I, I learned how to, how to pan fry a good steak. Uh, watching that and uh, very good. Yeah, yeah my we son's made... been coming back with experiences because he's on his own with his roommate there. They work together, and he's telling me his adventures in the kitchen. Of he's like getting good at certain things, and that's great. I love to see that, hear that. Yep, we made a uh, and a completely organic beef barley soup over the weekend. Whoa! Oh, that was oh man, yeah. amazing. Nice. You know what? Super good. What my wife made yesterday? Mm. Potatoes and leeks from our garden. Potato leek soup. Awesome. So we're still, and that's green. The the leeks were from our greenhouse grown over the winter. And the potatoes were grown over the summer until fall when we harvested them. And we just keep them in the garage where they're nice and cool. And they're just staying well until we use them. It's been amazing. It's like a potato cellar, you know, basically the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve wants to know if, uh, he's referring to Costco. Does it require the same membership as for shopping at their physical stores? As far as I know, yes, it does. Mm. So it's like a hundred bucks a year. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not bad really. If you're going to, if you're going to use it, it's, it's, yeah. And you have have access. They sell more organic food than any other retailer in the U S it has been that way for a while. I think Walmart is second. Good old Walmart. So since we ended a story about millennials and Gen Zers on colon cancer, mm-hmm. they all need to be on the Silver Aloe Protocol, in my opinion. But the out-of-touch adults guide to kid culture. Yes. What is Urkel <laughs> Durkling? I love like, this website. This is lifehacker.com. I didn't know about this. It's a great website. There are so many tips and tricks mm-hmm. and stuff about just ordinary life and things that you don't know, wouldn't know or, or think to even ask about. It's a, it's super cool. Uh, but they've got this this uh, article here that gets written, I don't know, it's probably like once a week. And so I'm going to start featuring this because they have some fun stuff here. But this yeah, this one makes you laugh. The Out-of-Touch Adults Guide to Kid Culture. Hmm. What is Herkel Durkling? <laughs> No, I don't, I, neither you nor I, I think, could even. I couldn't. I attempt couldn't even to guess. try even come up with an idea. Yeah. And so as we go down, they cover some other things here in this article. Like, uh, uh, here, here's a saying. Uh, what's her face here? What's her name there, right there? Her name is uh, uh, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. She had this this crazy outfit, right, that she was wearing, and people are using AI instead of using it to try and make people look risque. Yeah. They're doing the opposite and they're putting clothes on people that are, are, or their outfits are too risque. That's funny. And so they, they're using the AI to, to put, put clothes on Miley Cyrus. I bet there Miley because, will complain about it. But. Right. 
right? Right. Um, videos of people uh, getting in trouble for wearing big boots. Look at, I mean, look at this. This picture. is that for real or is that AI? It kind of looks like AI to me. It does to me, yeah. But you know, people just having fun. So anyway, what is Herkel Durkling? Hmm. Uh, apparently, it says here the newest trend on TikTok is extolling the benefits of Herkel Durkel. <laughs> Herkel Durkling is lounging in bed past the time you should get up. You might know it as bed rotting or practicing self-care. Apparently, it differs from being lazy or crippling depression in that Herkel Durkling is a conscious decision to reject the demands that life places on us at least for a few hours. That's consciously uh, being lazy. So I don't know about you. Procrastinating? Uh, but if we're going to go with what this is here, I have Herkel Durkled lots of times. Yeah, I know. It's not. I, even I think everybody has. Everybody has. So the phrase caught on when actor-singer Kira Kosserin used it on her TikTok. Kosserin said the word is Scottish, and she's right. Herkel first appeared in John Jameson's etymolog etymological Dictionary of the Scottish Language in 1808. Herkel. Okay. With the definition to draw the body together. Okay. To Herkel. Okay. And now they've made it funny. Herkel Durkling. All right. We've learned something new. I remember when, when I was a teenager, to Herk was like if you were going to throw up. Hurl. Or hurl. And there's hurl, hurl too. Yeah. yeah. I didn't remember <coughs> Herkit. Herksheimer, no. short for a Herks. Herk. Herk it up. Right. Yeah. Herkel. Interesting. Well, anyway, we so new stuff to learn every day through this website, huh? Durkle, Durkle. So we'll 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 work on our word power. Uh, we, <laughs> I don't know I, if I'll retain gone, it or not. Gone are the days of point of foci. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we are well now educated beyond ourselves. <laughs> there. <laughs> wow. No more bureaucratic oligarchy. Okay, all done with that. So we're gonna do Herkel Durkle now. Unreal. Now, there you go. Since uh, it's bonus round, and I can ask you, are you going to host a Super Bowl party? Again, inconsequential in the big scheme of things. I get it. Don't yell at us. Super Don likes the San Francisco 49ers. I'd like to see them win, personally. Not that it's going to change my life much anywhere. But, again, the fun of seeing excellence in athletics. I would like to see a good game. Yes. It's just going to be for uh, for for my wife and I, uh, Laura and her husband, and... Mm -hmm the grandkids and my son. Uh, so we're all going to get together, have some food. I bought a, uh, a pretty decent size, uh, tri-tip from the butcher. Okay. And Laura's going to smoke it in her smoker and oh, nice. we're going to have a few other things and stuff. And we're going to watch the game. Three 30 on Sunday. Is thirty Pacific. Is everybody rooting for the same team in your household? Yes. Okay. So you don't have any, no chiefs teams. fans. No. Okay. All right. All, all right, Niners. Well, there's the throwaway question of the day for Super Don. Thank you for answering. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I tried finding some uh <laughs> as soon as the, the Niners won the the the, the championship, mm -hmm. NFC, I uh immediately was like tried to go find some 49ers shirts and I you know, I just I have trouble spending ridiculous amounts of money on clothing. I just, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. I just, it's just you know, it's just clothes. Mm -hmm. I don't care about brands and, you know, Dude, and all I that kind the of deals, stuff. man. I go like the, the, well, it, it, the rare time I'm shopping, I'm going to go to the, the rack of, of discontinued and misfit item kind of thing. I picked the yeah. wrong time to try and find some, some cheap 49er t-shirts because oh, be everything was sold out or yeah. just, you know, they went like $40 for a t-shirt. Yeah. I can't do it. I, yeah. just, I can't. So I was hoping that we could all be in our gear, but. <laughs> 
That's all right. We'll we'll cheer you for print anyway. your own. Wasn't there a time your your wife was going to get something to make your own? Yeah, you know, uh, she has this really cool machine. Still has it. Uh, it's called a cricket, and it's it's it does all kinds of amazing things. Mm-hmm. But I bought it right around. It was just bad timing. Yeah, <laughs> on the thing because I mean it was like five hundred bucks. Yeah, she's a very crafty in a good way person. Um, but she just it's just she hasn't had the time or mm-hmm. the energy to to work on it so or use it or do it anyway. So it's still there and eventually, hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't go bad. When my son moved to. out on the, the room that's on the other side of this wall, yeah, uh, that is going to end up becoming her craft room. Right now it's full of junk because <laughs> we had Christmas and the boxes and the stuff. Right. And so I got to go through there and clean up, break all the stuff down and put it in the recycle bin. But that's going to be her craft room. We're going to get set up with a desk and tables and get everything all organized and stuff. And hopefully she'll be able to do some stuff in there because she loves to do crafts scrapbooking and art stuff and she's good at it she can paint she's a good painter draw yeah she's very, she's got the art skills yeah like my daughter has art skills it's amazing so all right all right so let's see what else we got here uh Susie Olson Corgan is hanging out on Facebook hi Susie she we says, got to hang out at the um but the autism health summit a- together. A- that H- was fun. Yeah. yeah. You can purchase Costco gift cards and shop with those without a membership. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. I wouldn't have known that. Thanks. I Susan. didn't know that either. I thought you had to log in. Yeah. I guess, I guess maybe you, you can create an account without having a membership. I don't yeah. know. I just had one. So I just, that's like a, a Costco hack. If you, if you ever heard one, so they've, good got, tip. they've got good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Do they ship frozen items like frozen blueberries or grant? No, I don't think they can ship anything. Oh, and, and Marissa replies, non-perishables. I don't think that they can. Okay. Yeah. So that you'd have to actually go to Costco, which might be a little dry for some people. Yeah. All right. Be wise, be strong. Can strawberries be cleaned with ozonated water to kill any mold spores? I believe so, yes. Um, in fact, we usually clean our produce before we use it with the acid water, which is the hypochlorous acid from our echo machine. You know, so we have the uh, the hydrogen side, which is also alkaline, although you can now make alkaline water without hydro, without, I'm sorry, you can make hydrogen water without it being alkaline, which is fine. But the uh, the machine I have makes that or just filters the water. And you can have the acid water, which we use for like strawberries, different things to kill stuff as well with the hypochlorous acid. So it's another thing you can do. All right. So what else? What else? Can we what get else? a question of the day or comment of the day. Or we're going to do that tomorrow. We'll do that tomorrow. Okay. So you can submit those at robertscabell.com. Uh, just as a reminder. Uh, if you haven't already gotten our newsletter, you're not subscribed, it's free. And you just um, send my initials RSB to 66866. That is RSB, send it to the number 66866-66866. And you'll get prompted to enter your email address and you'll get the uh, get the newsletter. Super the, the new and improved newsletter, which I'm still kind of tweaking a little bit. I'll probably have one go out tomorrow. Excellent. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I think is what I'm shooting for at this point. And by the way, you did put up the, I have two video interviews that I did from this last weekend that I'm going to run as Sunday conversations. One with 
Dr. James Lyons-Weiler from IPAC, which is fantastic, and another one with Judy Mikovits, uh, which is amazing as well. Um, if you don't want to wait, become a patron supporter, and you have access to that right now. Otherwise, you'll wait. And I think as, as a general rule, that's what we've been doing, that if you mm-hmm. pre-record an interview, uh, yeah. we'll put that up on Patreon first before it airs. But I've oh. never done it oh, two weeks in advance. That's kind of No, cool. that, I think that's a first. Yeah. I think that's a first. And I am a little bit behind on the um, homeopathic hits. i got to get those up there. They don't take very long once I sit down and, and actually well, jump into it. Okay. So I'll try and do that this weekend or this uh, afternoon. <sighs> We're very close to uh, switching over to the new website. Oh, yeah. We're That's within right. just uh, a couple of steps, I think, um, to to launch that thing. So I'm really looking forward to that. Of course, <laughs> I'm gonna have to relearn <laughs> how to how to operate the new uh, the new website. I think there's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve there, but right. it probably won't be too bad. But that will be coming very soon. I, whoa! Whoops! Whoops! My stool fell over. Trigger the dogs to bark so we know we're done. Woke him up, but he didn't. He didn't bark. He didn't bark. How unusual! I need a new stool. See this thing? Yeah. Oh, good lord! <laughs> you got to reinforce that thing, or you're going over next. I've time. done it Don't once. Do well, no. The, the the thing is, is that the way that the the pegs go into the seat and stuff like that, it just kind of goes at a lean, but it it yeah. doesn't move once you know. Yeah. So I I just have to sit on it the right way. If I sit it on the wrong way, then it shifts over to the other direction. I feel like I'm going to, you know, fall on my yeah, head. Of course. It's a risk, man. I, uh, I took it apart once and wood glued it and, and everything. And it, it was fine, but eventually it did that again. So did, did, uh, was there an official announcement of Biden having ALS or something? Did you no. see something like that? Was that? No, no, I would have seen that. Okay. Yeah. That would be huge news everywhere. I thought that they somehow, somewhere, somehow said he's got something. Nah. Which, okay. Nope. Fake news. Okay. All right. With that, let's uh, carry on till tomorrow. And God willing, we'll see you less than 22 hours from now with Ann Archer Butcher for a follow-up on the Monocore uh, device, which is so intriguing. And looking forward to hearing about some of the stories and some of the interactions she's had since that last uh, episode. And you know, how well Alden is doing four years after stage four, I think this is stage four cancer diagnosis. Amazing. Looking great. So we'll look forward to that tomorrow. Hope you all will tune in and share the show, share the good news. And um, if you got any Herkel Durkling you want to get to, get to it now, not while we're on the air. Unless you're listening to us and watching us while you do the Herkel Durkle. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dance. I know. <laughs> Come the on, Herkel baby. Durkle. Do the Herkel Let's Durkle. do the Herkel Durkle. <laughs> put your left hand in put your, do the herkle durkle and you turn yourself around you are just feeling all musical now let's go that's what it's all about 